welcome to Knox Talks, the show where three friends from uh, college just talk about whatever they want to talk about and get into uh, all sorts of stuff. And we come to you weekly, <laughs> and we've been coming weekly. to you weekly for for uh, we're back. <laughs> it's been now a lot of weeks since we've been back. Uh, but... One hundred four. But <laughs> wow, good quick math. Good uh, yeah, math. so it's been two years since we've done one of these. So. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. Sorry to keep you all waiting. I know you've been patiently waiting. All our loyal listeners out there. <laughs> uh, so, like always, we are going to jump into uh, some news stories before getting into some broader topics. So, we're going to start off with some Knox news, and Jack is going to hit us with the first story. Take it away, Jack. All right. Our first story is going to be an LA Times article that was published about a week ago, and it was about... Uh, people's favorite fries and what this author thought the best fries, best fast food fries, I should say, were. So his rankings, it ranked, uh, his number one was, was Five Guys. And I, and one thing that really stood out to me about this list was that Chick-fil-A was really low mm. on this list. And I thought that was its biggest hot take. But I think one of the things about the article that kind of caught my attention was that Five Guys was number one. And his least favorite was In and Out, which just kind of is a better vehicle for the whole In and Out versus Five Guys thoughts. Uh, how, how long is the list? Uh, I think it goes like twenty deep or oh, wow. so. So like it's it, it really. I'm gonna look at what the numbers actually are. Five Guys or In and Out was nineteen. So yeah, it went nineteen deep. Um, some of the other ones on the list were uh, like I think McDonald's was two. Um, Del Taco was three. Steak and Shake was four. Arby's five. Carl's Jr. 6, Dairy Queen 7, Wendy's 8, Steak, Shake Shack 9, Burger King 10, Chick-fil-A 11, KFC 12, Jack in the Box 13, Popeye's 14, Wiener Schnitzel, never heard of them, 15, Jubilee, Jollibee, Jollibee, 16, Rally's 17, Sonic 18, and closing it out with in and out 19. Did and you he, say Arby's on that list? I did. They were... Scrolling, so he's gonna include a Filipino like restaurant and not Shake Shack. No, Shake Shack was on that too. Was Shake Shack? Yeah, Shake Shack was uh, Arby's is five. Shake Shack was um, nine. So, well, the thing that is interesting to me is that I feel like we were really ranging from the like like bottom rung fast food, like your McDonald's, Burger King, and then you're you're hopping also into like your next tier, almost fast casually with your like Shake Shack, uh, like. Five guys, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think it's weird to kind of combo them. Also, do you think Shake Shacks are have good fries? Even they've grown on me a lot. Oh, no, I really? used to hate them. I used to be so annoyed by them, but no, I, I really like them now. <laughs> I, I think they are the, the only context I've ever had their fries is when I get them as cheese fries, and mm. so that makes them That's great. Yeah. But as an actual fry, I don't think they're doing anything special really. But the cheese sauce is really good. I do think. In and out fries are terrible. I had them once, and it was, it was just a bad fry. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's good. Oh, a good it. take. I, I think animal fries are great. I think animal. I think uh, in and out's bad, mm-hmm. and I think in and out fries are bad. So I agree with this. But <laughs> I just think if you have to say like your, I'm just looking for what's your best normal fry. Like if you have to be like, let me throw on all this extra stuff, and then they're okay. But then no, five yeah. guys fries are definitely better with like Cajun fries. That's fair. Yeah, I wanted to ask: Is Cajun fries? Does he specify that, or is it just great? I don't believe he specified that Cajun fries because they are way better. Cajun, with Cajun. fries may but, be my favorite fry as well. Yeah, I I think, but to me, like I'm not putting 
uh, five guys like up against like McDonald's Chick Fil A in my mind. So, like that's just not in the same league to me. I I agree because I mean it is a higher quality, so you're getting right because like costs more, so it's going to be a better quality. To me, like baseline Five Guys is way better. Is great, but Cajun obviously takes it out. Mm-hmm. But I think having um, Chick Fil A so low is criminal. Like I think they have the best. Like actually, that's I think they have the second best low like that level. My mind, fast food or whatever. I think not even on this list getting snubbed is um, uh, Bojangles fries. I've never had Bojangles, so I can't. What about comment. Popeyes fries? Popeyes never fries are Popeyes. amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Popeyes has really good fries. Bojangles is, I think, my favorite fast, low end fast food chain. So really? it's better than Chick Fil A, hands down. It's just like a chicken hands place, down. right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> you to not even have it on the list is crazy, in my opinion. That's wild. I I, I think Chick Fil A fries are good, but I think they're a little overrated. The one thing I will say about Chick Fil A fries is that it's best to eat them. Almost immediately, they lose so much value they when they get cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like, they're already like, pretty mushy. Soggy, as yeah. Whereas McDonald's are good all the time, like yeah. like solid all the time, I should say. And I, but like like they never like you can eat a cold McDonald's fry and be you you wish it was hot, but you're not hating yourself. Well, McDonald's I think is the pinnacle of fry making. I th- I mean, if we want to get into the the fast Michael casual Bible stuff, that's fine. Changing the did you listen to that podcast where you we're now nope I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> we're now, about. Uh, I haven't done another podcast, but <laughs> he went into the whole history about how McDonald's changed uh, their fry recipe like 20 years ago or whatever. So oh really? Well, like, I don't know. I mean, quote unquote worse now, but huh? That that might be true. Um, I think they just do a really good fry. Um, I forget what I was going to say other than that. I'm sorry. Uh, if anyone else wants to jump in, maybe that will come back. I, I think for me, I had, I in elementary school, I did this whole, like we had to do in this math class, we do this like project about like getting people to take a survey or whatever. And my survey was, do you think uh, Burger King is, or McDonald's or Burger King has better fries? Because I was a firm believer that Burger King has way better fries. Than Thank you for saying that. Because that's what I was going to say. Burger King, garbage fries. <laughs> garbage I think Horrible fries. I, I don't know what's happened, whether I've, gotten more uh like fry diverse now or anything or they've changed you could, it you could say fryverse fryverse uh, or they've changed it but uh burger fries are trash now but i used to love them and i i, I swear they used to be different i feel they, like they did were... used to be different no because they've had a few iterations they had they changed it from the older fry which was the fry that i did really like but wasn't great it like left that weird taste on the roof of your mouth you know what i'm talking about i don't but i feel like it was like it had like it was like much more crisp and it had like that like crumbly outside to it that was awesome yeah and then so they had that which i think was fine i don't think it was like the best fry in the world but then they went to a sea salt fry, I think, or some, mm. something so like that. So did Wendy's. Maybe I'm getting a mix oh, up with Wendy's. Wendy's has amazing french fries. They're fine. No, they're amazing. Pretty... Wendy's brings the best across <laughs> the board. Okay, real quick before we get out of this uh, news story. What is your favorite like type, like style of fry? Do you have a preferred style of fry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Curly fries. Curly fries? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I think Arby's are arguably is the best. The, my, my favorite fry because it's the curly fry with that sp- the specific seasoning yeah, you know i do love that too but i do feel like that also runs into the problem where as soon as they get like even room temperature they're not good anymore in my opinion yeah you still get the good that. flavor but like it loses the, all that yeah. texture and, yeah um I, I also love arby's too and i do love curly fry but i think like if i'm talking like if i walk into a restaurant like whether it's like a restaurant or fast food or whatever like i want i, I prefer like the like not thin but like medium-sized fry like not crinkle not wedge oh, get the fuck out of here with crinkle cut yeah. fries crinkles are the worst yeah. which is why uh shake shack is bad that's fair crinkle cut fries are endearing the same way that dinosaur or chicken nuggets are endearing it's just kind of <laughs> like it's like 
it's last in the past they were in your freezer sort of thing exactly yeah, that's yeah, yeah, i can yeah. see that and that's kind of my thing on yeah it. that's i know i mean any fry i'm gonna enjoy it's just oh, it's just yeah. a potato that's fried in oil it's yeah. gonna taste good I, yeah we're, we're picking nits here yeah. <laughs> All fries the real the real crime with shake shack is how many fries they give you they never give you enough french fries yeah, yeah. also points for five guys for giving you all of the fries oh, they, yeah. they basically say here is all of our fries for the day yeah <laughs> step it into this bag but i mean anyone who's getting the large fry is doing it wrong i used to do that and i know you did i was a monster <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think i've ever been able to like that's such a lie but i i rarely finish the like the regular fry with or like the normal fry with the extra it's yeah. just so much it's way too much I mean, like when like i get it like with other people we'll just split the the two like we'll split it with the two of us are eating that mm-hmm. kind of thing <laughs> but anyway so that wraps up uh, that la times news story and we're gonna kick it to ethan for his knox news story of the day yeah so that um uh, that was a great story i uh my my story is uh kind of more of a it's not really a story that's been realized yet but it's kind of something that's going to come soon hopefully so apparently there are announcements that there's been a lot of rumors going around about a super mario world theme park Mm -hmm. and apparently last year photos leaked showing plans for a new universal orlando theme park called fantastic worlds and mario was featured in that so there's this is a whole article that kind of talks about like what people would want to see from like a Nintendo themed theme park and now my take on this is from what I understand from the article and I could be off on this is it's Universal Studios that has one aspect of it being Mario themed now I think if you're doing that you are selling that way short and cutting a really really good opportunity there like really? I think if you're going to do a Mario theme park, it needs to be a Mario theme park. Like it needs to. I actually disagree. I think having one section because there's so much opportunity to do a lot of different things. Well, there. I, I wanted to say, as somebody who has not been to the Harry Potter Universal thing, I'm curious. I don't know if you've been, Ethan. I know Jack, you've been, but yeah. like that is just one section of it. Does that seem like it encompasses enough of the world? Like, where is that a satisfying experience well, not, as a standalone kind of thing? It's not so. It's actually not like just one section. It's like multiple sections that make up the Harry Potter world in Universal Studio. This is, from what I understood, it sounded like this is like you go to a park and like one small portion of the park is like this area, basically. Well, that's yeah. what Harry Potter world is. Though there are two sections. Yeah, and, you can and they're very big, though. They're big. I'd say they're big, but if, if it's going to be smaller than that, then that's too small for Mario. But if it's yeah. about that size, I think that's adequate. So then that's different. For, yeah. for me, yeah. I think that I could have used... It's. I, I'd say it's like if you're looking at the whole park of Universal, it takes up about an eighth of the whole park. So mm-hmm. of one of the two Universal parks that they have. So I don't think it's actually that much. I so I... It seems like to me like it takes a little bit more than that, though. Like I thought okay. it was like... I thought it was like a good third of one of the parks. No way. I mean, it's, you've probably been there more recently than I have, but... I, I don't uh, know. I went, like, a couple years ago. But, I mean, yeah. okay, a third seems... Maybe I'm selling it short and you're selling it high. That might it's be probably true. Probably the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, probably somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the middle. But yeah. I think that I could have used a little bit more just because I also love Harry Potter. But, like, I thought it was sizable enough. But I could, if we're doing a whole Mario thing, I could have used more. Just like I could have used more Harry Potter. Because I'd say that there's probably two... There's probably three main rides in Harry Potter. So, mm-hmm. like, you, like, you might want more for that for, like that harry potter or for mario like to me if you're making a mario theme park and there's not a place where i can do real life mario kart then why am i even <laughs> why are you there right yeah. you that's know that's going to be disappointing though because it's just going to be like every go-kart place you've ever been to but just with like a mario sticker actually staple speaking of that it. there is a go-kart place i think opening up near niagara falls that apparently like allows you to go like up and down ramps and stuff like that they're trying Ooh. to mirror it after like a mario kart Can't theme park. <laughs> yeah, <it sounds laughs> very dangerous just down the waterfall go ahead but uh <laughs> 
No, my thing is like I'm looking at it more at this standpoint of like if I'm Nintendo, I see a huge business opportunity to create an entire theme park for just my brand and my product rather than like latching on to somebody else, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think there's a huge business opportunity there. You can really like milk that for a lot. Especially because Nintendo, you, you also got like, you can probably Zelda. do uh, Zelda. You can yeah. do Pokemon. It's not just, is it, is it a Nintendo theme park or is it a Mario theme Well, park? right now it just says Fantastic Worlds is the name of it and Mario uh, right. happens to be featured in it. Well, if that, I mean, if Nintendo is going that route, yeah, they would be foolish to not include more Zelda or like Kirby something or other, you know, just right. incorporate all of the different cute little properties that Nintendo has because people love all of them. But, I mean, there could probably be enough for an entire Mario world on its own, I think. Well, there, isn't there one in, in, like, Tokyo right now, though? Isn't there, like, a Nintendo world or something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, actually. I think yeah. there is. So I'd be curious if it has anything to do with that or, like... Could be. If they're just, like, taking those ideas yeah. or it's going to yeah. be completely different. Is it supposed to be here? Is that one your Universal Studios? Yeah, so right here, here. Mm -hmm. what is it going to replace? Or are they building on extra place? I have no idea. I didn't read that far into the article to really find that out. But I just kind of because one of the things I found that was really interesting about the Harry Potter world, specifically in Orlando at Universal, is that so I've been there. I was there like early in high school for a band like trip or whatever, and we went there. And the place that Harry Potter took over was like a section of Universal, and they basically just turned two rides into Harry Potter rides mm -hmm. and then they made two extra rides or whatever but like um, I was wondering what like what they would replace that would replace or whatever because like <laughs> so the the one hair ride at Harry Potter world that's like you're on um I forget what it is whether you're like racing from the dragon or whatever like that but there's the like Gringotts no not that one um there's like the it's like the two it's like a dueling ride the dueling ride it yeah. used to be the two dragons it used to be the two dragons yeah. that was just like a, uh, a normal whatever dragon ride or whatever mm -hmm. they turned it into Harry Potter based on that or whatever also just as you're talking I want to completely take it's definitely not one third of the park <laughs> it's a way it was the whole superhero section like yeah yeah I was completely forgetting that I remember they like created that new King Kong ride and stuff yeah too. like yeah there's a lot of stuff going on there I so I'm wrong on that one, but uh, that sounds wonderful. I hope it. I hope it comes. That would yeah, be, that would give be me great. More of an excuse to go there. Yeah. The, the, Nintendo. I think I'm pretty sure about the property. The the thing they have in like uh, Japan or somewhere uh, in Asia, but it'd be silly for them to not to cash in on that in America too. You know, I feel like mm -hmm. they are one of the biggest. Oh, there's a huge like, market IP here properties. for it. Yeah. yeah, people would love it. I would love it. I would. Give them, <laughs> I would just give them all my. Money. We should go. And did you see that the new? Um, like head of Nintendo in America, his last name is Bowser. Yeah, yeah the other guy just resigned. Crazy? Yeah, it's like his last name is literally Bowser. So he's an evil. He's an evil he's, company. He's evil. Yeah, yeah. They, they're a force for evil now. Yeah, that's tough. So that's my so story. so that's they're fun. never coming to Orlando because like, Bowser's in charge now. I guess not. <laughs> Mark, you want to close out our Knox news? Yeah, I'd be happy to close out the Knox news. So this is a an interesting story uh, that I just recently learned about. I actually I heard somebody referencing this thing on a podcast and i thought it was a joke i thought they were just like making something up and then i found out today that no this is like a real thing that exists and it is uh the pope's praying app <laughs> <laughs> so this app is literally called all one word click to pray Right. <laughs> Great marketing. Um, so yeah this is like the most insane thing i've ever heard You're i actually guess adding a step to praying there Right, it's like you literally can just speak and pray instead. You have to actually click something so, and then go and pray. This is a, this is buck wild to me just for a, a number of different reasons. But I feel like I get it. Like we gotta be hip. We gotta like get on the internet where all the kids are. No kids gonna pray online. Like all, the only people that are gonna use this are like sixty year olds who don't know how to like even download apps in the first place. 
But they also Can you tell are me trying like what to... the mechanism, like the mechanics of this app. Are? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'll get into okay. it a little bit more. Does so, the Pope read us our prayers or read our? No, prayers? but apparently the Pope, the Pope came out on stage like a month ago, like holding an app, and I was like, yeah, I just, I just prayed, and he just like entered like a prayer thing. Yeah, I do, I do um, hear God checks his email a lot more than his voicemail, <laughs> so that's really important. So literally, <laughs> what this is though is it is just Twitter, but you're, you're praying. So you have all your friends on your feed. And then you type. I see what you pray. Praying for a good night tonight. Hopefully, I, I get a good night's sleep. Praying that I get the big job. And then you see, hey, Bobby just prayed for uh, his son to win the soccer game well, on please Tuesday. Tell you can upload <laughs> prayers. Can, can you, can you oh, I'm like? sure you probably yeah. give him like one. Yeah. Beat on the rosemary or yeah, something. Yeah. I, I can't wait for so many like, oh, our thoughts are with you. <laughs> but so I, I just I'm trying to wrap my head around like who's gonna use this? Obviously, like the uber Catholic people who just are like. Also tech savvy. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it seems like those two worlds just don't really collide well. But I am fascinated by this. Apparently, it's it's downloadable right now. I did not. I know. I think in our previous episode, which was two years ago, I purchased an app and reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't do it for this one. <laughs> Probably won't. But uh, I think it's safe to say that I I think this is a terrible idea and it will not do very well that's nuts to um, me. but shout out to catholicism for getting into the app game at least they're like trying to think think ahead i guess but not to completely uh go sideways on the story but an app that i just recently saw that blew my mind i don't know if you guys saw this was that the nba just is either prototyping or just came out with an app where you buy it's called a smart jersey yes and you I download this that. you download this app and it can change the name and number on the back of your jersey so you know more like Oh, my player left via trade. I'm sad. You can just change the name and number of your jersey. It's absurd. I watched it happen. Yeah, literally Adam Silver walked out and like pressed a button and like a Steph Curry jersey turned into a Michael Jordan jersey. I wait. It was insane. In in real life, in a real, real life. time, real life yeah. Yeah. number and and name change. Yes. It was actually really cool. I don't. That's witchcraft. <laughs> that doesn't make it. Is there like metal in there? I don't. What's going I, on? I, I, it's I probably like some kind of yeah. I like, don't know. I feel like it's got to be like some sort of like electronic ish. Is stuff. it like the James Bond license plate where he presses a button and then it flips to a different license plate so he can go on the run? I, I, I hope no your shirt's not like flipping inside now. You're still wearing. You get all like tangled up. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, yeah. gonna I, get it hurt. It seems like it's kind of still like in the early stages, but it worked in the demonstration. And but it was definitely. A little bit of shadow, like the the actual jersey part was a little bit. I noticed shadow. that too. Like it wasn't like very clear. It yeah. was like kind of off to the side, and like it definitely wasn't even the focus of like the shot of the yeah. picture and stuff. And like you just saw like a little flicker. And but the, if they can do that, that's so cool because you could just be like, oh, today I want to wear this jersey. Yeah, I imagine to me like you know. Um, who is it? Like uh, Dead Dead Mouse Five or however you say his name. Um, you know how he wears Dead Mouse. You know how he wears that Dead Mouse Five. He uh, wears that helmet or whatever, and like you know, like the screen like changes or whatever, like uh, his facial expressions. I imagine it'll be like that, but like in a thinner, like more. But that's like that's a screen though, you know. Like you can't have just like a screen on your shirt. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna look, but I think Ethan, that's my thought as well. That's, yeah. See, I, I could see that ending up being very corny, also, like or just like yeah, not yeah. as cool as it seems. If they like, don't pull it off, it could be bad. But yeah. I think it could be cool. Although I definitely am also like looking down the line of what they're definitely gonna do. 
like you're definitely gonna buy your team's jersey and then you're gonna be able to change the back but you're gonna have to purchase the ability to change oh to, absolutely like like oh you can you can have uh like clay thompson for an extra 20 like bucks songs but, on your ipod but, yeah exactly yeah, but yeah, steph curry's yeah. 30 yeah. bucks and yeah. oh buy it now for this game tonight or something can like you that. can you like if you're just like feeling feeling fun one day can you just change it to like butt face i bet you can <laughs> i bet you're gonna have to purchase the jersey and then have like add-ons to purchase the like it's all player. specific players you yeah. can't just like i bet you could thing. not come into the stadium with like butt face 69 oh, that's really too bad <laughs> well then this idea is terrible <laughs> <laughs> well on that note i think uh, we wrapped up the knox news but let's move on to our first of our main topics tonight and that is i think you guys remember the last time we were on this podcast we were talking about they definitely remember oscars <laughs> and kingdom hearts 2.8 and this time we got the redux we're talking about kingdom hearts 3 and we'll talk about oscars later but so kingdom hearts 3 it just came out about a month ago, I'd say. Uh, all Less three, than that. all three of us have played it. Uh, if you guys remember, it's some of our favorite uh, games of all time. We love it. We played it while we were in, at roommates in college together. We bonded over that, and uh, and we have thoughts. We have not really shared these thoughts with each other yet, and I'm excited to hear what these guys thought about the game. I beat it about a week and a half ago. These guys did it way quicker than that, and so <laughs> we're about to talk about it. Yeah, and and also just to clarify this is a game that is what 11 years in the making 15 15 years yeah. in the making so this is like the end of the long-awaited journey and uh or so we think or okay so we well think, let's yeah. we can get into it <laughs> <laughs> all right so first uh ethan give me your your general thoughts did yeah. you like it or did you not like it oh no i liked it a lot or a little bit i liked it a lot i'm not going did to you, not like it a lot did like you this. love it did i love it yeah i loved it were you but, satisfied uh for the most part okay yeah yeah no i loved it um there are things that i think uh there were some ups and there were some downs um but overall the whole experience of it i mean the thing is like no matter what these are characters that like alone like really drive it for me so okay. for me it's like yeah you could have aspects of the story that aren't as great i mean there were no aspects of the story that were like well there were maybe one or two aspects of the story that were overtly bad mm -hmm. but for the most part it was like either kind of just like eh or good and all through that there are characters that like are enough for me to stay engaged okay. basically can i ask you a question yes do you think that the fact that you played with friends and it was kind of like a big event contribute to your enjoyment of the game oh yeah we should clarify that as well do you want to say how you spent your time watching <laughs> he, playing kingdom hearts yeah 30? no i uh i took a few days off work because it came out on a tuesday um I traveled to a state very far away and uh, visited an old uh, friend of mine from childhood. And uh, we basically had, you know, us in our, you know, mid to late 20s, we decided to have basically a week long sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> so we just played the game, we watched movies, we ate food, and uh, it was a great time. Um, so, yeah, that's how I beat the game in two and a half days, I think. <laughs> that's incredible. We pretty much played straight. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, but it do you think that, like, because that sounds awesome. Like, yeah, do you yeah. think that. And I think that if I had played, I, I guess I'll say I did not really love the game overall mm -hmm. personally. So, and I but I think if I had played, if we had all sat in like our apartment from back in the day and played it, yeah. I think I probably would have liked it more. Do you think that potentially affected your enjoyment overall, overall? Because you had a good experience, so that kind of seeped into the game, or do you think the game was still really good? Yeah, no, I I think that definitely played a part of it. Um, it's one of those things like honestly, I'm just gonna be like sure, this is my bias. Like it could be a bad game and I would still love it. That's like, fair. It could be an mm -hmm. objectively bad. I don't think it was, but yeah. like I I think it, it literally could be a bad game and I would try and find a way to like it. There's only one installment in this entire series that I objectively was like upset by, and that was coded. 
because yeah. it was so worthless and it was <laughs> so like such a waste of time. But other than that, like even like at the lowest of lows, I'm still kind of like, yeah, I still like love this franchise enough. That's fair. So for me, I enjoyed playing the game. That's where I'm at. I mm-hmm. thought that specifically a lot of the new levels were awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, like I cool. really felt like it was fresh. The fact that we weren't going through except for uh, call, like uh, Olympus Coliseum, which even that was new. Like this, yeah, the way yeah. you did it was new. Mm-hmm. Except for that, we and I guess Pirates. Um, you, Pirates was awesome this time around. Pirates was actually yeah. surprisingly pretty Pirates good. Overall. Yeah. I liked being in the ships. Um, yeah. But um, other than those two, we got all new worlds. Uh-huh. So I thought that was awesome. Um, so that was super enjoyable. I obviously, like Ethan said, you're, ta- you're dealing with characters that you have been playing with for 15 years and you love them. But I thought the story was bad. That's how I feel about it. I don't think it was a satisfying ending. And we can get into this more. It's not over. This was promised to be the yeah. end of it and it's not that's, which is very frustrating to me that was frustrating it almost left you with more questions than answers yeah. and that 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 did irritate me they started introducing all this random shit and it's right. just like yeah so if anyone's going to continue to listen that cares enough edit is not play kingdom hearts 3 and cares about spoilers i'm going to talk full spoilers so just want anyone who cares to <laughs> turn, turn it, it off now to turn it off or to skip ahead to our oscar talk or anything like that but i like i think that one of my biggest problems is the fact that so we've obviously had one and two come out so long ago, and then they had all these other like, like supplemental installments come out, and I almost felt like they tried to jam too much into this game to tie all the like at least a little bit element from all the games into it, and that felt like very forced to me. Yeah, and also just like this box thing, like no, that pissed me off too. Yeah, yeah. So the box like. So my my I, I think I agree with you in the sense that like I felt like everything was sort of crammed into one part of the game and like the entire every single level felt like a finale sort of and it was just kind of like too much a lot through the entire thing uh, way through but also the story didn't really pick up until like the very last like quarter of the game you know what I mean other than that it was just slow like you need to go to these worlds to get this power but it's like why do you really need that power a and like are you actually doing anything at these worlds of any significance and you really weren't until you're ready for this Keyblade War and now all of a sudden it's like everything happens all at once. Other thing I thought too, some of the reunions were a little unsatisfying. So it was a little bit like literally like Aqua was in darkness for ten years and she finally reunites with Terra and Ventus and they just kind of smile at each other. Hey. <laughs> like you saw you the other day. Hey, like I, I will have not seen somebody for a couple hours and I'll respond a little bit more excited. <laughs> like it's so that yeah. that was that I would have done a little bit differently. Um I, I do I, feel like you're right there. Like it felt like as much as I enjoyed those first worlds, I felt like that was part one of the game. And I was shocked that then the remaining part was like two hours. Like I thought yeah. that we were gonna get to the, I thought the whole beginning of the first eight worlds was Sora getting his power of waking. Yeah. And then we had, we're gonna have a whole second half of the game where we were getting too. back Ventus and Aqua where we're gonna actually like more participate in that than yeah. watch it be a cut scene. I thought mm-hmm. there was gonna be a whole second half of the game and there wasn't. That was no, the I thought the same I, way. Yeah, I completely agree. Because Kingdom Hearts 2 had a whole second half of the game. They had like the big heartless war, which was like the middle point. And then after that, you went back to every single world a second time. Right. You know what I mean? And then they had, you know, whatever. So I, I felt similarly to that too. Um, I also, the ending, I, I kind of annoyed me that Xehanort just decided like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and everybody was like, <laughs> so frustrated. Everyone's like, it's cool, man. Yeah, Sir Eric is like, you're my friend. Yeah, yeah. His, his friend comes back who's been dead forever and he's like, hey, you were my friend. Remember that time we played chess? Yeah, like, yeah. It's all okay, it's like, guys. I got your back and you got my back. You've been murdering, you murdered our friend like five minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, literally Kyrie was killed. <laughs> like, how can we forget about that? Uh, can I talk about how infuriating the whole Kyrie plot is too? Because like, 
Yeah. 11, 15 years ago, whenever the second game came out, every game, every main Kingdom Hearts game is always Sora trying to like save Kyrie, and then this game is like. Kyrie's cool. She's doing great. She's actually kind of a badass. And then halfway through the story, it's like, nope, she's actually a damsel in distress again. It's like, give her something to do besides just be held up as like the person that Sora needs to jump in and save. Yeah, we we definitely had a wait. Like, I 100% agree. Like, she was finally like, oh, she's got the Keyblade. It's awesome. And we didn't. But then she died, which is the classic like, what is it like, wife in the fridge thing or what, what's that? What's that like trope called? Uh, uh, freezer, freezer girlfriend, or whatever like that. I, yeah, I think I know what you're talking Life about. Life in the fridge sounds like a murder. But. It is. Well, it stems from like a comic book. I'm pretty it's, sure. Yeah, it's the know. idea that a man's uh, motivation needs to be like a dead woman, basically. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, like, uh, it's like the only way to give a man a reason to to do something is. I think the it woman stems dying. from a, actually like a like some classic comic book. I think uh, you're some right. hero, maybe it's Spider-Man, it's like Batman. I don't know. Where like the their significant other was like put it like murdered and dismembered and put in a fridge and then like it's definitely and, not spider-man <laughs> i was gonna go out there and say that it's no, definitely not it's, that it's something can you and, imagine taking your child to a spider-man movie and then like the well, first scene wife is dismembered and put in a fridge just like, i might be telling it all wrong but it's basically like the girlfriend dies or the wife dies or whatever yeah. and, and it's the sole motivation we got that here like even Zaynord says it he's like like I needed to motivate you to yeah. to use your thing to form the keyblade or whatever. I think my biggest problem with the whole thing is I mean it's the story is just everything feels like 15 years ago. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like the story progressed at all in terms of like they weren't taking any chances with the story. They were just kind of rehashing things and making them changing them somewhat to this new newer game like updating it but basically the same plot points of every other game in the series and after two games worth of you know, investment in these characters. I thought they'd ended being 2019 or 20, whenever they've been making this in an era where like games don't have to be the same rote formula. And mm-hmm. it's just ended up being the same rote formula, I think, yeah. which is a little disappointing, but all that being said, I, I did also really enjoy it. I, I, yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know if I could say it's like a great game. I think it's a, a good game that I really loved and that mm-hmm. like capped off a lot of uh, points of like closure in this story, but there were a lot of frustrations and also just like the, the actual storyline. It's just like, yeah. So, yeah, I, oh, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, I think you're right to say like that you feel like it kind of just like rehashed a lot of stuff or whatever. I really, and they didn't take any chances. Like I really yeah. felt like we were gearing up to have this like really big, like this has been going on the whole time in the background. This is going to be that next step. And it just felt like we got a lot of like, like, classic kingdom hearts like this is your heart let your heart guide you will come out in the end light is in the darkness kind of like rehash we didn't get that next progression that i was hoping for and i do feel like but i actually feel like there was nuggets of the story in there that were good i just felt like we really really were hampered down by that like trying to box in all the extended Mm -hmm. versions like we just got so much in there and it just felt like and we ended up with two we had this like 13 versus seven, but we had more than seven, which is part of the reason that I had to get rid of Kyrie because she was one of the seven and then our math didn't work. And even then there was eight at the end. It made no sense. <laughs> like does Mickey count? Does he not count? He definitely should count. Like it, it, it makes no sense to me or that, or not it makes no sense. I should say that it, they boxed themselves in by saying it had to be seven. Like I would have almost yeah. rather them been like, it didn't have to be seven. And, mm-hmm. and like, we could just go with the nine so we didn't have to like worry about that but yeah. I, like like i feel like i'm being super negative and as much as i was didn't feel like it was a satisfying conclusion to a 15 year wait i 
loved playing it, even though thinking about it back, I wish there was updates. Mm -hmm. I just like I wouldn't say that I thought this like to to me it doesn't even come close to being like of the four main ones I've played because I haven't actually played played them all. I've watched a lot between one, two, and Birth by Sleep are the only other three I've played. Like actually this is a clear fourth place for me which is disappointing for the third installment in, or mm. the the final chapter and i do want before we wrap up the kingdom hearts deck, i do want to talk about what we think is coming next because i have some thoughts and some mm. frustrations but um yeah i really did enjoy it i just like thought that it could have been great and it was just fine that's mm. how i felt yeah about it. i yeah. think i agree i it, it i think it hit kind of everything i wanted to hit from like a sentimental point like I, the gameplays still really great and it definitely brought me back to like those stories and mm-hmm. i appreciate it for that but i i think it ends up being a little disappointing just because it felt like they didn't take enough chances or or they didn't want to update the story really mm-hmm. at all um but no i mean it, it's still i mean there's a reason these games are so popular is because it is yeah. a powerful story and you know the, the emotional through line is still there um mm-hmm. i yeah, wish there was a little bit more closure but i think there were a lot of good this doesn't Beats. by any chance ruin my love of the other games or ruin Kingdom Hearts for me. It's still yeah. probably my favorite like video game franchise, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. up there of all time. Like I still feel that way. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, just because yeah, uh, be more positive, Ethan. Yeah, yeah, no, because <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, I, I share a lot of those sentiments for sure too. But there are also certainly scenes of the game that like really I thought were I will even say like were really good. Like the scene where uh, Sora, like everybody just also it started off being like what the fuck. But then it ended up being, like, kind of fine, where it's, like, everybody just dies. <laughs> yeah. And Sora's, like, everyone's dead. I'm not strong without them or whatever and starts, like, crying. Or that whatever. was awesome. I that was a yeah. great scene. Then Riku kind of being, like, the strong person, being, like, not even being, like, I'm going to help you up. But, like, kind of being, like, showing the progression of their friendship, being, like, you just don't believe that. I'm going to defend you or whatever. thought that was an amazing scene. I also thought, mm-hmm. I will say, the very end where they're all like on destiny island like hanging out like all the characters together and then you see uh Kyrie holding Rik- uh, Sora's hand and then Sora disappearing or whatever that was like that hit me with that like what you expect kingdom hearts to like make you kind of like sad happy nostalgia mm. all at once or whatever that that got me there where i was kind of love- like oh my god what happened to it <laughs> you know what i mean i love that i thought that like that, was said, that cinematic was awesome that's yeah. kind of an ending i would have loved but i yeah. also would have like loved a little bit more clarity about it and yeah. also like um like the fact that like like Sora might still be alive and Riku's gonna go look for him kind of thing yeah. like is kind of disappointing and also I feel like I wish that had been happened more like in game rather like, like that happened why, really why, quickly why, why, why yeah, didn't yes. we yeah, yeah, like yeah. get a part if Sora was gonna go look for Kyrie? why didn't we get to play that like yeah. or, or like at least get a little well, bit it's probably more. gonna be the next in-between game yeah probably or, or maybe right. some DLC or something yeah, yeah. but like but oh, DLC that's, I wonder if they're gonna do that and there's some yeah. great cinematics where like the all the some of the stuff I actually really liked the most was a lot of the even though it was very minimal I really liked the Kyrie Axel cutaway cutscenes. I yeah, thought they yeah. were great especially when mm-hmm. Axel sees like Shion in yeah. Kyrie or whatever, I thought that was great, and yeah. like there and the opening montage was amazing. Like yeah, there's some true. there's some great moments, and I really actually did like the probably one of my favorite like actual gameplay stuff rather than just like the world, just like the end when you're fighting, you're in the mazy area and you're trying to save everyone. Oh, and and, uh, and Calium, whatever the place is called. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you're fighting all of the thirteen. Yeah, that was so hard. Yeah. I was so scared that entire time. <laughs> Um, no, that was great. I also think, uh, I, I did think that the, uh, the, uh, nobody reunion was, um, was actually satisfying the Axel, Xion, and, um, Roxas. I thought that was all pretty good. Um, I just thought that the birth by sleep reunion 
like could have been way better. Especially because like, that game was so good. Yeah, and like, I love all three of those characters so much. Also, Tara like has been basically tormented by being possessed for so long, and he was just so quiet and casual about being <laughs> yeah. released from that. And yeah. it was also very. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that he was the heartless who has been in like all those games with the mouth covering or whatever. Because there are certain characters that there's no way that he could have been like. Because Riku becomes Ansem at a certain point, and uh, you know uses Ansem as his like dark side or whatever. Yeah when he's still Riku in Kingdom Hearts 2, and that Heartless is behind him. And I'm like, there's no way that Terra should have been... Uh, that connection doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I still don't get half of the story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still the most confusing yeah. shit in the world. Well, which is fine. That's that's the brand. That's what it does. And I right. mean, that that's not what is important about the game, I don't think. It's the friendship. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's the most important thing to the characters, and that is the... Like the that's the thing that I take from yeah. it the most. Can I tell you my least favorite part of the game just real quick, and then we can move on past this? But uh, the fact that Axel has a whole ass keyblade, and fucking Zemnis decides, oh, this is a crap keyblade, and just breaks it with his <laughs> hand. I'm like, what? Shit. You're not supposed to be able to do yeah, that. That was that's, really annoying. That was crazy. That and the black box, which is like, what the fuck? The yeah, black how box. Do you not oh, have to say anything. That and uh, Axel and Lee, all this not Axel, sorry, Lee and uh, Isa all of a sudden have this friend who's a girl that they never really like. It was never mentioned. Never mentioned before, and those two have had plenty of interaction in games prior to, and they never mentioned we that. We see them as children. You see them as children, but like in the 352 and a half days, they have a lot of dialogue between the two of them, which going back and re-watching that, apparently like they were planning something that never really went to fruition, just the two of them, because Roxas showed up, and they never really followed up with that or said what that was. And then now they bring up this girl who's almost definitely uh, Ava, um, yeah, and so they, I, but like, so I just really wonder what direction they're going to go with that. Also, they didn't actually promise that this was going to be the conclusion of Sora. They just said that this is going to be the conclusion mm-hmm. of the Dark Seeker saga. Uh, um, yeah, because well, I went back and re- I thought I thought they had also said that too, and I went back and read, and that was never a guarantee. Um, also, real quick, if obviously their friend, that's real annoying though, because she like lived like hundreds of years before. But so that. did uh, Ventus. Ventus was from the original Keyblade War, and like I don't, I just told him not clear how he managed to come back. And, I, I don't know either. Time, but, uh, time, it doesn't make sense. But also, you got to <laughs> consider too. I think time travel is a legitimate thing in this game because a Sora time traveled twice in this one game. He died once and then went back, and then yeah. he died a second time and then went back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, on top of that, they talked about uh, Mickey using like the time spell or whatever, yeah. and uh, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, that that never really got introduced. And at the end of the game, he sort of used it and like froze everything for just a second after yeah. Kairu was killed. Um, so I think that there's definitely a, a time traveling for that aspect. Well. Also, Xanor traveled through time. You know what I yeah. mean? That was I mean, that is thing. you're right. That is part of the game, but it just feel like when you're gonna mess with time travel, you really gotta flush it out. Oh, and it's this so not. But also, yeah. real quick, I'll give you where I think they're going. So it seems to me like they're gonna move on to like instead of it being Kingdom Hearts characters with Disney World, it's gonna be Kingdom Hearts characters with Square Enix World. Yeah, and that's gonna be the next. That's thing. the Azora thing with the yeah. video. Yeah, so because they're gonna I make that, that, which is which, which looks really cool, and I guess it's very similar to what a, a, what he initially wanted to make Final Fantasy fifteen, which is why it became World in this. Did thing. you read the articles that mm. talked about that? Because like there's a, a lot of articles of it, yeah. that talked about. So I uh, think that's where we're going. Which if yeah. we get more of this, it's fine. Especially if we kind of get to shake the shackles of the complicated story we get to move into something that maybe can simplify the story and make it better i'm excited for that me too yeah i wish they had more closure on sora's story but if at least for this storyline you yeah. know i want i wanted that to be wrapped up but i'm fine with them continuing to make yeah, games including those characters right you know? especially because i love Riku. 
I so think Sora is also going to continue to be the main character, though. Actually, like I, I, do I think they've said that they've said that they're not done with Sora. As yeah, a, yeah. I, I don't right. think that they're going to continue to make games without him being like a major focus. But I think we're world. done. I think we might be done with like the Disney worlds, though. I honestly, honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm okay I, with it. Yeah, me too. too and, yeah, and then there was I'll, I'll no Final Fantasy I'll in this game, which really upset me. Yeah, that seems like such a weird choice, especially if they are going in that direction. Yeah, maybe that was a conscious decision of if they're going that direction, they wanted to rid them of it for the time being. They jump whole hog into it. Mm-hmm. Real quick before wrapping Kingdom Hearts three, favorite and least favorite of the new worlds or just the worlds in general, mm. like not like uh, like the Disney the eight Disney worlds that we yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. Best. I, oh, go ahead. Best is easy. No, go ahead. Uh, San Francisco, the Big Hero Six world was my favorite world. That was a great world. No, really you seem surprised by that, Jack. That might be my least favorite world. Really, I just love the it's setting. Not, it's not. It's not my least favorite. World, I feel like the setting was I, a lot of fun I, and the characters I, were cool. I hated, hated, hated the. I just had a lot of trouble getting on the ball. Like, I didn't know I was supposed to do with the ball. <laughs> but I, like, I didn't like the whole, like, save them thing. Also, I don't know if I felt as much connection to that because I've never seen Big Hero 6 yet. I haven't it's either. Um, I mean, the the actual, like, visual aspect of being able to, like, run up and all the building stuff was amazing. I just didn't love the that world in general. My favorite, and I thought it was easily the best, is uh, Toy Box. Like, to, the Toy Star world was so good. Yeah, I actually what? think Pirates might have been my favorite. <laughs> wow. Was, oh, Pirates was so much fun. And the music for Pirates was awesome. It was, like, so intense. You had people, like, huh, in the background. Like, it was freaking, it was awesome. All right. Uh, I like that split. Yeah. Well, okay. Least favorite worlds. Tangled. Tangled, I think, for me, too. Yeah. Really? Or Frozen. The, the, both of those worlds were just, like, one color palette. It's just, like, here's snow. Yeah. Here's nature. Here, here's the woods. You know, there was nothing interesting about I'd probably worlds. say uh, Frozen for me because I, I just like hated... how they all have the whole, the whole Let It Go rendition. Like, they yeah. just straight they up just did, did the that. whole that, song. That, yeah. Maybe I, for a while I was like, I love this because they did the whole song. Yeah. You know I love that song. I really <laughs> Were you up dancing <laughs> by yourself? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but, like, the fine Olaf was dumb. So, like, I yeah. like I hated that part. But I'll, I will throw in a soft, even though I, this is cheating because I said just the Disney World's... Um, I hated the versions Winnie the Pooh. Like, it was bad. Oh, pointless, too. Yeah, it was really bad. Every Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, but at least some of them were okay. This was literally just like, here's a a a, a map you had on your phone five years ago that's now a minigame. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. All right, well, um, that wraps up our Kingdom 3. Kingdom 3? Kingdom 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 talk, and uh, we're going to now dive into tomorrow is the... This year's Oscars, yeah. the 2019 Oscars for the 2018 movies. So we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about the Oscars and uh, give you some thoughts on picks. That will probably be old after we record this. <laughs> I'm hoping to have it up before the Oscars tomorrow. Well, good. Let's hope everybody listens to it tomorrow. All of our loyal fans. This is more for us. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Oscars are tomorrow. This is becoming a, a tradition. If we had done it last year, at least it would have been more of a tradition. But we also did this the day before the oscars two years ago but some uh some contentious sorry pen (laughs) some uh uh, there's some there's it's a tight race i think yeah (laughs) there's definitely some interesting narratives going around the whole best picture category and the oscars in general this year i feel like across the board the oscars is kind of uh a mess just because there's no host a lot of like behind the scenes, like not in the movies controversy with the whole uh, Green Book thing and just like other things in general. So I feel like this year's Oscars is about to be messy. I feel like people in general don't feel like this is a super strong year for movies, although I enjoyed a lot of the movies this year. But um, there were some snubs, though. 
definitely what, some snubs. What are your what are your snubs? Well, I'm gonna say Crazy Rich Asians is a little bit of a snub for like costume design and that kind of stuff. Crazy Rich um, Asians for everything. Didn't they not get a single nomination? They didn't get a single nomination. But I'm saying like specifically like that was the category I thought maybe was the most competitive mm. for them. Um, I also think Sorry to Bother You was a snub for uh, yeah, screenplay. Definitely. Um, it was bad though. It no, wasn't so bad. It was so just wrong. weird. <laughs> it was just weird. I'm fine with that thing getting nominated, but I feel like. To, to for not, to original not, screenplay, it's one of the most original movies in years. You can't argue with the originality. Okay. I will give you that. Yeah. I will give you that. But yeah, for me, like the fact that there's no representation of Crazy Rich Asians is bad because yeah. that was one of my uh, like favorite movies of the year. And I also feel like, but there's some things that I was happy about. Like I was happy that at least we got a little bit of a Quiet Place nod. There was some Quiet Place mm-hmm. action, but even though it's only uh, some things, that it's was like two of, categories or something like that, right? Yeah, I'll take that though. I'm yeah. glad it got any sort of representation but yeah. um yeah i do feel like for me I, I know you guys probably feel a little bit differently like this this year for best picture like there was none that i felt like were like like that i hated hated because there's been some years where i'm like what is this doing here but i did feel like overall there's only a couple that i thought were like great personally but i see why a couple of the others were nominated mm-hmm. like for me i didn't love roma um but i see totally why it's nominated and how it can be a super powerful story for a certain people but for me like to me like bohemian rhapsody has no business being i agree with that. A best yeah it's, it's insulting yeah, it it's, was so formulaic yeah it was ridiculous not and only is that, it formulaic it's also shrouded in the controversy of brian singer who's right a horrible horrible human who directed this movie co-directed this movie he, he got fired from the movie and then had somebody come in the last minute but this movie is just like a poorly made movie too like the editing of it yeah the there were a couple amazing moments, like the Live Aid scene at the end. I was going to say, the Live Aid scene, but that was all right, like Rami Malek. Yeah, and that's really, all. You can't go wrong yeah. with that. You're just yeah. mimicking a really amazing event. So there's going to be that like pathos like in, yeah. in, in there already. And to me, I actually enjoyed watching the movie. And like I left, and I, yeah. I had enjoyed it. And But to me, it was like, I liked... Rami Malek, because I like him, and I thought he was he performed he was well. And, and Although, like, can I say, those fucking teeth. Yeah, they were, they were childhood. That's not what he looked... His entire face like pops out because of the dentures he had. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it kind of worked, but also there were a few moments where I'm like, "You look non-human." Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. I'll take that. But I think he performed well, and also just the music. But that's Queen. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's, that's not the movie. People, like, I, the only reason this movie is getting all the hype it's getting is because people love Queen. Yeah, and the thing Queen is that is amazing, it's yeah. nominated for editing, and there's some online. There's going around some scenes right now where you just watch the editing, mm-hmm. like of certain scenes, and it's just like so clip, like choppy. It's, it's really like bad. Something like an uh, amateur. Could yeah, just we could do. Yeah. Like, like whatever. The, the pacing of the movie, especially at the beginning, was so like weird. Like it like moved. They went from being nothing to like really famous, mm-hmm. and like it was like. I almost didn't even realize. Then all of a sudden, he's like on the phone with his uh, girlfriend, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're selling out shows all over America." And I'm like, "What? When did that happen? Like, <laughs> when did we make that jump? I guess we're here now." You know what I mean? And so then, yeah, it was just. I, I remember that was one of my thoughts. Was just at the beginning, it just took off way too fast. Like, yeah, there also, was no. They also every other character other than uh, Freddie Mercury was like a like wonder bread, like no backstory whatsoever. Oh, They're yeah. just kind of there to exist to support. Freddie Mercury, and I get this was a movie about Freddie Mercury, but no other character other than his girlfriend had like almost any type of like depth. Exactly. Because they yeah, are yeah. some pretty interesting people. They're well, all incredibly yeah. interesting and very smart people. Like. Yeah, so this movie was essentially made or given <clears throat> there were significant changes, I believe, made, or it was made specifically for all of the other members of the band Queen. Like 
they had to basically okay everything that happened in this movie. And so there's a reason why you don't get any development with those characters because they were probably doing crazy shit just as much as Freddie Mercury was, but they're like... They're alive and they don't yeah. want it, yeah. So the, the only guy who's not alive, they're telling his story and, you know, completely misinterpreting... Mis- the facts of this movie are just wrong. Yeah, and it's there's like some major things stuff, in this yeah. movie never actually happened. I'm pretty sure the way Live Aid happens is not how it actually happened. Oh, no, they yeah. were never... They never broke up before Live Aid. Yeah. Um, the most frustrating thing about this movie, that. too, yeah, yeah, yeah. is <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the way they reason. portray that, like, basically, <clears throat> when he has his downfall, it's because he likes having sex with dudes at, like, gay parties. Like, they, they make gayness be, like, the worst part of the, his, like, arc of his story is, like... When he's at his low point, it's like because he's having sex with guys at parties. And, and like, I understand what I understand the general thought, at least what I think the general thought was what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to show that he was facing outside like criticism for the fact that this was his lifestyle and that was making it harder. But that's they did a bad job. At no, showing yeah, that. if that's yeah. what they were going for, they definitely did not Cause, do that because we have because you have the whole like a couple of like uh scenes where there's like they're in front of press and they're asking him all about it and he's like it's my private life it's my private life so i think they're trying to show that like that plus the isolation like we're coupling yeah. to make it this way but they, a, like, a more a, delicate touch yeah, on that would have been a better director and not yeah. a shitty human would probably mm-hmm. have been a better way to do it yeah instead it just comes across as very insulting and, yeah i mean it's it, it's entertaining as shit yeah but that but doesn't mean it should the be fact one of the, the best, best picture was insane yeah. to me um i'm happy black panther's there um i don't think we really have to say anything other than that was really good um wait I, i'm curious do either of you think it has any chance no to win? no zero percent it's between two movies for sure it's, it's between roma and uh and now in green book i think a star is born you don't think a star is born has a shot it hasn't won a single award a star is born like it fizzled out left, too early left yeah. the hype train oh my yeah. god i think that was I, that's like i think that's the strongest one in that what, list. Do, you, yeah. do you think the favorite is the other no it's green book and it's between green book and Roma. oh see i you think, think green, green book, book is gonna win i, I think, think the controversy much, yeah. of green book has it might have killed point. it but it just won uh something else but that was the voting had been I think in place already. It also wasn't that good of a movie. It just really wasn't. I I enjoyed it, but it had so many problems. Obviously, so I'm curious because this is one of the two movies I haven't seen from this list. Actually, let me just read this list. Uh, So Black Panther, Black Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. So I haven't seen uh, Black Klansman. I haven't seen Green Book. I'm really curious though, like uh, ignoring all of the controversy at all. Does it make sense that Green Book is nominated? Yes. Strictly from a an objective point of view, is yes. it an Oscar worthy movie? I don't think so. I, I think it is, especially considering what the Academy likes to nominate. Like it just is that. It's like if we say Bohemian Rhapsody is formulaic, this was formulaic, but in way better. Like obviously having I saw it before all of the controversy, the three prong controversy of um, the the actual guy who screen wrote it, the fact that it's um, like white man saves the day sort of thing and what's the other problem with this there's definitely a third one well you only said one i said two the 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 guy oh the the racist yeah 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 so it's the guy the director or the writer is a racist basically and then oh it's not true it's the family the Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh dr shirley's family does not uh like the portrayal yeah it's, it's untrue so that's obviously a problem so i didn't know any of that going into the movie I left the movie enjoying it, and the fact that now a lot of it's not true is definitely problematic, and I can see why that would totally taint viewing, but I actually really enjoyed the movie while I watched it, and I think 
Like, I can see why it was nominated, personally. I, I think the acting jobs were incredible. I, I thought the story didn't really have any type of real climax. Also, uh, the, friendship, true. the friendship was just not very convincing throughout to me at all. Like, I this did. was definitely, to me, like, a, you guys are in a car together for a very long time, so you have to coexist. But, like, after this, like, and especially at the end of the movie when they're like, oh, these are the what the two characters actually looked like. And they couldn't find a picture of the two of them together. That <laughs> let me know this was not a friendship that lasted after that That's, trip. Yeah, it probably wasn't even a story. Like, I, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely bought in, and I probably shouldn't have, I should have seen more. But, yeah. but the, and the, they do, to be fair, they, but not to be fair, to be opposite fair, too. No, to be fair, but to be critical, they go from, <laughs> they go from the fact of him in the very first scene, like, throwing away the glasses to him being best friends with him really quickly. Yeah. There's no narrative really growth in there. It's, it's mm. So I agree. It was definitely problematic, but I, I actually do think it, I mean, do I think it was one of the eight best movies? Those eight nominees, right? Or was there nine? Uh, was eight, yeah. Do I think it's one of the eight best movies of the year? No. Do I think that it was one of my eight favorite movies of the year? No, but I can like, I see why it's nominated. I, I, if you had put it in front of me before the nominations, I would have said, even without all the hype that it's going to get nominated. Well, and I love Vigo and I love Marshala and I think that they both did an amazing job like yeah. in it. And I, like, yeah. So that alone... They killed yeah. what was put in front of them. They Whether did. They destroyed it. Yeah. yeah, no, they definitely did. They both did amazing, so... So what? which ones have you not seen, Ethan? I haven't seen... Because I've seen them all. I haven't seen Black Klansman, um, and I haven't seen Vice, and I haven't seen The Favorite, but I don't really care about The Favorite. I do not like period pieces. So I'm curious. Um, I, I love The Favorite. So I hate The Favorite. I knew it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I hated it's too strong. I disliked it. But Ethan, I would say that if you're only criticism, you don't like period pieces. I, like this is it's, like, it's so far from. So I hate far, period pieces too. It's really? so far from. Period. I saw this it's movie n- because not I love this director, and it's, I also but like none of the trailers prejudice. gave me any indication about what it was about, even remotely. So, so it's a comedy. It's a comedy. Which yeah, but like all British people being posh isn't that funny to me? No, but it's, it's not, not bad. It's, so the 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 whole. I thought the shows actually made it better than it was to me. I think yeah, the trailers yeah. don't really tell you what it's about, and I feel like no. You but I was like, know. oh, these people look hilarious. It's Emma Stone. I, yeah, but the whole thing is essentially these two women competing for like being the right hand of the queen, essentially. But they like, it's like one of the most petty movies I've ever seen because they're just doing like the pettiest bullshit in the world to each other throughout. And it's like constant one-upsmanship and like. Very much like chamber drama of like uh, and there's on the back low, and forth. Yeah, on the low, they're like dealing with the fact that they're running a country behind the scenes, mm-hmm. essentially, and the whims of these two people that are competing for a favor of the queen are basically getting to decide the fate of the country, which mm-hmm. is insane. And it's know. maybe this is a slight spoiler, but all of that is basically like, how can we have the best sex with the queen? <laughs> they're all like <laughs> trying to like have sex with the queen so they can curry her favor, essentially, like. Wow. It's it's such a weird, just like dark but funny but and unique movie. I wish I had liked it more than I did, and I do respect it, but I I didn't like it very much. But I didn't hate it. Like I I, I see why it's nominated, but I I, I knew you'd love it, and I and I, yeah. I did not. And I I don't think you would like it either, Ethan. Yeah, but I probably I, not gonna waste my But time I don't think it. that saying it's a period piece, I'm not gonna watch it, is the correct criticism. That's literally if you told me about this movie. A few months ago, I'd say the exact same thing because I just really don't like that genre of movie. Yeah. But it this one, nothing to me, about it looked interesting to me. This like uh, definitely, I think if it does enough outside of that genre, like I think you you know what that genre looks like before you watch that movie. But mm-hmm. this doesn't didn't feel like that movie to me. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's on TV someday. Years from now, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop for a minute and you, know, you won't. <laughs> we'll see, and but, you really necessarily should. Yeah, but, no, I, think you should. I was interested in Black Klansman and Vice. I was upset I didn't get to see either one of those. Um, I would definitely. Yeah. I was uh, so for me, 
I was really, really, really excited to see Vice because uh, when um, Big Short came out, it was mm-hmm. one a couple years ago. It was one of my favorite movies of that year. Yes, yeah, and to me, Vice didn't live up to that. They're basically made in the, almost the exact same style, in my opinion. If you saw, you saw Big Short, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Vice it's the same director, right? Yeah, yeah Adam yeah. McKay. Yeah. So, to, but to me. I don't know what, maybe it was the fact that the big short talked to me about a subject I didn't know as much about. So it was more mm-hmm. informative um, and kind of like mind boggling where I knew a lot more about Dick Cheney going into this. So I didn't, wasn't quite as blown away, but to me it wasn't quite as, I liked it. I just, it wasn't quite as good to me as the big short was. So I was kind of disappointed. It was one of those expectation game things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think and, I would agree. And then Black Klansman, I think you've got to see it because yeah, other than I one to. specific, like, general criticism i have about the like the like the formula of the movie i i loved that movie i'm i'm really curious this is a movie i haven't seen either and i feel like at, there was a lot of hype for it before it came out and then i feel like it came out and it got a lot of backlash but then that backlash just like disappeared and I, then now it's like one of the better movies of the year like is there a reason for that backlash in i think like, I, I mean just... i think that one of the things that like came out after the movie it's one of those like it's a true story thing essentially but mm. uh i think one of the things that was a slight backlash i didn't hear a lot of the backlash but i know that one of the characters in the movie is like jewish but in real life that person he's playing is not jewish and it adds mm. this extra layer that you definitely didn't need but is powerful in the movie but the fact that it's not true is like why is that in there yeah kind of thing it doesn't really make any sense but um uh, it, i mean it talks about a time obviously that is controversial i can see I can see why there's general talk of like yeah. controversy, but to me, I'm, I didn't know that there was a lot of controversy around it, and I thought it was super well acted. Like yeah. I thought that um, Adam Driver like was amazing in the movie. I'm surprised that he didn't. Did he I'm, make the list? I don't think so. Supporting no, actor, um, yeah, he did. Did he? Or I thought he did. Oh, he did. He yeah, should. Yeah. Well, yeah. then great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, Denzel Washington's son. What's his name? J- Jason. Jeremy, mm, uh, oh, I can't no, remember the name either. Shit. But he was great, and uh, and he did not get nominated. Yeah, I definitely that that was that was a big one. The problem I wasn't able to see that because it wasn't on demand. Like I kind yeah. of like tried to. I catch rented it, it so I like because I actively try to see all the best pictures or whatever. There was yeah. also a, like a week period of time when it was on Hulu for free, and I'm mad that I didn't watch it. Oh, uh, I, I didn't know that. His yeah. name was John David Washington. It was a J. Yeah. John John David. Close. You're in the yeah. ballpark. John David Washington. Um, he was great. I would see it. I would, like. I would like. Of the movies that you haven't seen, like I would make that a point to see it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I, I really wanted to see that one. Um, I had to cram in a few this week. Uh, I had to cram in Bohemian Rhapsody and Roma this week. Do you want to give some some brief thoughts on Roma real quick? Because in my opinion, that's going to win. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I thought Roma, it's one of those movies that I, I don't know if this is exactly what you said, but I think that's kind of what I was taking from what you said earlier. It's one of those movies I think I can really appreciate the art of it. You know what I mean? And I can appreciate how well done it was and the story it told. Um to me, I don't love black and white movies, A, mm. um, especially when you have to read subtitles that are white, that it's like makes it very difficult. Like I wasn't able to like take in the scenery a lot because I'm like trying to like what, you know, like squint to see what's actually being said and like people are talking over each other and it was just hard. And speaking of subtitles real quick is that one thing that I found that was a little bit hard, which is fine, is that part of the movie is the fact that they're talking in two different languages and yeah, that yeah, yeah. speaks to the class difference that they're talking about in the mm-hmm. movie and the fact that have to try to pay attention to the two different styles subtitles was hard for me yeah a little bit. and obviously this is i'm sounding ignorant when i'm saying this like no oh, no like, I, I feel the same way too like well, oh i have to fucking read subtitles like what was me but like yeah it's it's just that was just a mild uh 
thing. I, it was more just the black and white and then the white subtitles. Like, if you made the subtitles, like, bright red, like, it might have been a little easier for me. But uh, that, and I also think, uh, I I've, I really appreciate movies like Roma, but, like, for me, they are, I, I kind of equate it similar to, like, how Moonlight was and how, um, uh, what was the other one that year? Manchester by the Sea was, where it, like, tells, like, a very, like, important and maybe real story but it's also like it's just like it's normal sad and it's like to me that's like i don't i live i live a life too that has normal sad in it you know what there's i mean like no I, escapism or right like, right that's the thing and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. for me it's just not my cup of tea per se i can still digest it and enjoy it and i, I enjoyed watching roma but like for me it's like i walk away just being like well this was a very real scenario um, it told a story that I will say this one was a little bit more unique. I wasn't as aware. It like brought light to a world that I'm not super familiar mm-hmm. with. Versus like Manchester by the Sea was just sad for no fucking reason. And I was just like, yeah, that one irritated me for different reasons. I'll, I'll fight you all down that I really yeah. liked that movie. But I, we no, don't think it is. I know, I know. I know. No, that was a different year. That was the year we missed, right? So That was like four years ago, I think. Was it that long ago? I think we were talking about it two years ago on the Bible. Yeah, it was really? two years yeah. ago. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it was two well, years ago. Yeah, cause I hope I, I said I liked it then because I did. I'm pretty um, sure you did. <laughs> I think you might have said you liked it too. Maybe your thoughts changed. Well, they definitely changed because I, I just thought it was depressing <laughs> for no reason. Um, I, I I agree with you like almost completely what you're yeah, saying. Like, yeah. I thought it was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was really well directed. I thought the story was like good and powerful and sad and emotional. But for me, it was one of those things where I don't necessarily feel like I enjoyed watching it or got a lot from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's definitely one of those things that the story wasn't for me, but there's also nothing wrong with that. Right, right. Like, I, not every story has to be for me, and uh, I think that it's awesome that this kind of story, uh, a foreign language film, is getting nominated for Best Picture because you don't see that a ton. No, and that's I huge. thought, and I do love Alfonso Cuarón, and so I feel like, um, uh, like I, I totally get why this is story. This movie is being talked about the way it's being talked about, but for me, it wasn't my favorite. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I definitely wouldn't have it as one of my favorite movies of the year. Just like like on an enjoyment of, in watching basis but i think it probably deserves best picture like i think it probably is the best crafted movie that i i saw i and full disclosure i haven't seen the whole movie <laughs> i have like 40 minutes to go so maybe that will change I, I don't think so i think it's gorgeous and i think it's incredibly well made and well shot and all the actors are really great um but yeah i mean it's it's a very specific type of movie like i think you the comparison to moonlight is pretty on the spot it, I think it's like the perfect it's like slice of life you know it's not yeah. it's just like this is what this is somebody else's world let's take mm-hmm. like this very personal glimpse into like you're a fly on the wall for this other existence and i think there's something incredibly powerful to that like yeah the, the exploring project that. from last year i don't know if either of you saw that is, i haven't i've heard it's great is, is very is much that like the willem dafoe movie yeah i yeah. really really dislike that movie like, like <laughs> oh wow like, but uh, it's very much in the same vein but and also very well done but like it, it's very very like this is this person's life that you don't experience the main people mm-hmm. main like main life people that's not weird like main yeah, main, culture, main life people main, main <laughs> life. people everyday people often do not experience this type of life and they're showing you they're showcasing that and that's not necessarily my favorite style of things to watch or whatever but it's 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 this is very well done and so and, is moonlight and but, i think it's arguably the, the most important kind of movie that should be getting made right now like please continue making these movies because yeah. we need I, those I, perspectives. I'm not opposed to that at all it's way yeah. more important than making another star wars movie or another yeah. avengers movie those are gonna be a lot more fun but yeah what i'm gonna enjoy about... them more for sure but also like the fact that like moonlight and florida project and this are 
telling stories about people who don't often get their stories told. That's right? huge. That's that's super important. And the fact that maybe I'm not relating to them is maybe because my stories, the stories that I can relate to, have been told for forever because mm-hmm. that's just who I am or whatever. And these stories are like stories that I'm not as quite as familiar with. But people are, that are like the people that are being shown the story are probably like, oh my God, my story is being shown or a story that I can relate to mm-hmm. is being shown. And that's super awesome for those people. So I think it's, you're right, it's super important that these movies are being made. Can I say one snub? I'm very frustrated about that kind of ties into that, just like a story being told on a much different level. But the movie Eighth Grade, have either of you seen that? It was one of, it's, it's beautiful and it's also kind of slice of life in the sense of it's just a girl yeah. in eighth grade just living her life. Did any of you guys see mid-90s? No, I really no, want to. That was like good. Yeah, I heard that was really good too. I was surprised it didn't get anything. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, eighth grade got no nominations at all. Yeah, and it's Bo, incredibly well directed. Bo Burnham just won um, some other award for screenwriting, which he was mm-hmm. really hype about. He walked up on stage, was like, uh, "Like, have fun at the Oscars, everyone, or something," because like he's not <laughs> good. Nominated, throw but, that shade. But uh, it's not in my like top. I think it's probably my eleventh favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. It's but I I thought it was lo- I loved it and the scene. Um, I won't spoil too much because Ethan, I think you should watch it. But the scene where they're at the pool just like makes me mm, like cringe <laughs> and 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 just like love it. But I loved that movie. You're, you're right. That's like very much in vain with this style. Like this is this person's life. This is this yeah. person. It's awesome to see like an adolescent movie too, focus on just like the real like or a girl too, because you see a lot of like boy adolescent movies mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I don't know. It was great. yeah. No, the, the movies that are giving representation to people that aren't just yeah white dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more of those movies are great yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm on board with that. Um, yeah. So, so the let, other, let's do, let's let's do some quick picks to wrap up this Oscars talk. So we're gonna we're not gonna touch on all 24 categories. We're just gonna hit um, the big six: the best picture, best director. And the four acting categories. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, yeah, real quick. The only one we didn't talk about is Star is Born. Any hot takes? It was great. It was great. It was great. <laughs> that's all I got. Well, that, I just... That's a great transition because my pick for best picture is a Star is Born. I thought it was the best one. Oh, really? Yeah, I really did. I, it was my favorite one. I thought, like, I, like I, I don't get emotional really watching movies. And I was like... I was sad at the end, man. Like I, 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 I damn near had a tear. <laughs> was, I was really. That's a big deal. <laughs> that was a big. I do not cry during movies unless they're animated. It's a tough, um, tough thing of that movie. For I, sure. I, I think I almost cried three times during that movie. The part with the conversation in the car with the brother. That was the amazing. dog outside the, um, dog outside the garage and yeah. uh and. The, the end, end song. The end, yeah, the end song. Just all three got me. It's my favorite of the best pictures, personally. It's not my pick to win. I think Roma's going to win, for sure. So are we picking our favorite or what we think is going to win? You can say both. Okay. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is my favorite, and I'm picking Roma to win. Oh, interesting. Uh, I actually might be in the same boat, to be honest with you. You can't copy me on all these. Oh, <laughs> man. Come on. Well, let me go first next time, then. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I agree with Jack, though. I would say, I think of these listed here, I think the favorite is my favorite okay um <laughs> can i also just say there's also a movie this year that didn't get nominated called the front runner but imagine if the front runner was the front runner was in the best picture so there was a movie called the favorite and there was a movie called the front runner both in the best picture category <laughs> that's probably only better if there's a movie called the underdog <laughs> right? or, the, or the dark horse or something <laughs> i just think it's hilarious it's just confusing nonsense um so yeah i think the favorite probably i would say i, I love that the most and uh, i think roma's also gonna win i think that's p- 
pretty clear from what they've he's been Actually, winning a lot of stuff. I think it's not 100% clear. I do think that Green Book has a chance to win. Well, Bo- the thing I brought up Bohemian Rhapsody is because they won a ton of awards already, been a which lot, is a little scary. They have been winning a lot, though, when they split the drama and the comedy. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. I also, I'm fundamentally changing my answer. Sorry. Black Panther was my favorite movie Mm. out in that group. Uh, I think A Star is Born should win. I don't know if it will win, but I think it should. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. Best director. I think that I will go with Alfonso Cuaron as my pick to win. I think that personally, I wish that Bradley Cooper had been nominated. I think that was a snub. Uh, It's definitely a snub. Yeah. I agree with the Roma pick, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, me too. I think uh, Alfonso Cuarón is gonna win. Uh, I think he probably deserves it. But I did. I did think the direction from Adam McKay. I do really like his directing style. So I. I think. I'm was, glad that he got the nod. But yeah, I wish Bradley. I. I would have picked Bradley Cooper. Clooper. Clooper. Bla- Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. If he was there, <laughs> I thought that was amazing. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Especially your being your first movie too. Like that's. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was amazing. Uh, best adapted screenplay. We weren't going to do that, yeah. but we can now. No, we weren't? <laughs> yeah, we were doing Oh, I, I was reading. Actor, okay, actor, sorry. Actor. We have a paper and I read it wrong. <laughs> Best actor, uh, I would say, I think Rami's going to win. I think that's that's almost a lock. I think Christian Bale should win just because it's like a full transformation. Like Rami so Malek also Mortensen, did. Though. He literally yeah. grew out a whole ass belly. Like a really, he put like fifty pounds on for the role. To, like, well, to be fair, I I don't know enough about that his performance in that movie because I haven't uh, seen it. Yeah. But also, I just jumped on that because he was going to be my pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, fair. Yeah. I think Christian Bale just is great, and he became. I think Christian Bale's an asshole, so I'll never get my vote. <laughs> so, really so what are your picks? Oh, my pick is uh, Vigo to win. Uh, no, to win is going to be Rami. Okay, yeah, but, but you Vigo, want Vigo? Vigo is my favorite though. I'm also going to pick uh, Rami Malek to win, and I think that it should be Christian Bale, and I would vote for Bradley Cooper. That's how I feel about it. I like it. I like it. I also love the Star Storm, if you can't get that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Best Actress. Um, I'm going to go with um, Glenn Close to win, and I think that I don't feel that way for her. It's not my favorite performance. I think that No, probably- you watch The Wife? No, but I don't know. So I, <laughs> so wow. I, have, I have no comments, I have no comments about that. But I think that of the ones I saw, I would say that I liked um, the favorite, uh, Olivia Coleman. But I think Glenn Close is going to win. I think Glenn Close is going to win because she's been winning everything apparently. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think maybe no, I don't want to say Lady Gaga. I think Olivia Coleman as well. I was should win. Yeah, she was great. I'm gonna go with Yulitsa. Okay. She was also great. Yeah. She was really good. And she, she was not an actor prior to no. this movie, also, right? right. Yeah. So like a complete unknown. At least not that I'm aware of. Which is a pretty amazing. All right, best supporting actor. Ethan hit us first. What's your pick? What's your want? Oh, Sam Elliott is my mm. want. Yeah, and I great. think he's going to win also. Okay. Um, I would love that. I think he yeah. the the uh the you stole my voice that whole moment. Uh, that shit that shit got me. God, when he grabs his brother's face and just like uh, stares deeply into his soul, I was like, that is amazing. But I also agree that my favorite scene of that whole movie was when he says, I didn't look up to my dad, I looked up to you, and he like drives mm-hmm. out. Like that, Sam Elliott captured that beautifully. Yes, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, I think Mahershala is going to win because he wins everything. He's great. And, That's true. He's amazing also. And you know what? I think he should win. Let him have his moment. I think he will win, and I... I th- think he probably should win but i want um sam elliott to win because that was awesome and i loved it and i actually think there's a non-zero chance that he does win i think Mar- marshall is the favorite 
but I think that Samuelian is the dark horse. Yeah, he, he could. He's definitely one of those guys that they want to give him an Oscar. I think. Yeah. I feel like we should have done this in reverse order, ending with Best Picture, but we're going to end our, our six picks with uh, best, supporting best Supporting Actress. And I think that this one's a locked category. Ethan, what's your picks? Uh, so the only movie that I've seen is Roma. And I'm not even sure who that person is. I imagine it's the mom. Uh, oh the, yeah, Marina that is the mom, Marina. So I'm gonna, I, I can only go with that because I haven't seen any of the other. I haven't seen the favorite. I haven't seen if Beale Street could talk or Vice. That's so. You think there's a lock for this category, Jack? I do. Yeah. I think that Rachel Vice is gonna slide in as the dark horse. And you say her last name, Vice. Vice. I just thought it was Wise. Okay, yeah. so I think that Regina King is gonna win for sure. Um, and then I would want, uh, probably, uh. Emma Stoner, Rachel Weiss, 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 Weiss. Weiss. like the Adam McKay movie. Oh, I would. I think I'd want one of them two to win, and I definitely would not want Amy Adams to win because I don't think she's a good actress. No, <laughs> so wrong. So I loved her. I loved her in that movie. Yeah. great performance. I don't think it was the best performance of the year. I do think Rachel Weiss. I would probably say deserves to win because oh, she, she was so was good. good. They were both really so good. Great. So they were both so good. Yeah, I would want one of them two to win, but I don't think they will. All right, and, but. Uh, Oh, no, that's it. That's it. No, well, I'm just saying Spider-Man's going to win Best Animated Feature. Oh, yeah. So, that's yeah. It's not really a category I we're don't going know into, it will. but it what? absolutely what should. Win? I, I think that... Um, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2 or Ralph Breaks the Internet could win. No, it's think, definitely going to be Spider-Man. There, Spider-Man got so it was, much hype. It was yeah. so late. I honestly don't know if it's going to win or not. It was so I really wanted to win. But it's winning all these other awards, though. Like I don't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not 100%. Like, I don't feel like it's a slam dunk. I think that's maybe the clearest luck. Yeah. Of all these picks. Wow. We'll see. We'll okay. find out. We'll see. But I think this is a perfect time to transition into one of our, our big lists for the day. You know, here on Knox Talks, we love to hit you with the lists at the end of the podcast. And we're going to talk about uh, our big list. This is a perfect transition. We talked about what was nominated, what was considered by the Academy to be the best movies of the year. But we're going to each hit you with our top five movies of 2018, starting at number five. And Mark's going to hit you with his number five first. Okay. So this is really tough to make. Um, and... I feel like these are going to change pretty rapidly, so we'll see. So make sure you all make fun of him when he gives <laughs> well, incorrect My takes. number five, I feel like you guys are maybe not going to be surprised, but we'll not. I'm pretty sure you guys don't have this on your list. I'm going to go with Hereditary. I have not seen it. And I'm not surprised I'm, it's on your list, though. Because I'm very scared. Hereditary <laughs> is just... I mean, it's definitely... No spoilers, because like, I'm going to see it. Yeah, no, I won't give you any spoilers. And it's... Yeah, you need to go into that not knowing. Um, it's just one of the... Most uh, incredible horror movies I've seen. Is I that think. what she does the entire movie, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just an incredible horror movie and incredible family drama, too. Like, it's some of the best performances in a horror movie, in a movie, let alone a horror movie. To be honest, Tonya Collette is like, it's one of the greatest performances I've seen in a really long time. Her performance as this mother in this movie that's just like going through insane stress. Um, and it's got, it's just like, one it's it's one of the darkest movies I've ever seen, probably up there on the most disturbing things I've ever witnessed in a movie. He's on that. Yeah, you're not selling movie. this too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just I I don't think I've ever had a more powerful movie going experience like where wow. I was just like left like literally like jaw dropped. Holy like there's shit. there's a couple of moments, but one in particular where literally like it's just I can't I don't even want to. Oh, that's get intriguing. Into it. That's intriguing. Now that that's brought me back in. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I love that movie, so that's my number five. All right, my number five is Widows. I just thought mm. it was amazing. It was one of 
favorite movies of the year. <laughs> I just thought it was. Okay. I just in general love like heisty like like criminal type movies and i think mm-hmm. it was an awesome like take with emotional heft behind it in this one i thought that this movie like legitimately we'll look back on this year and it was one of the best movies of the year like both it like it didn't get a lot of like um money or like necessarily a ton of critical love but i like i think that it was amazingly directed and acted i think steve mcqueen is a great director and i think that it had a lot of powerful things to say but also just was Super fun, and if yeah. you guys haven't seen it, you should watch it. Oh yeah, I think it's a great movie. I don't think, actually, I don't think I even had it in my top ten. I, but I do think wow. this movie was just a, year. this. This year was a really good year for movies, and I thought that was one of the better movies of the year. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really liked it. I think it's it's great performances, incredibly well made. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay. Not, All right. Didn't love it enough to make that top. All right, ten. Ethan, his number five. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something here, but uh, my number five right now is is gonna be Crazy Rich Asians. Um, okay. Just because you know, that got to be down for the culture. That yeah. that's in my top ten, yeah. but not didn't make my top five personally. But yeah. I thought that it was awesome. One of my biggest takeaways of that movie was just that, like, I mean, obviously, it's awesome that it was an entirely Asian cast, and it like we're getting to see that. It's awesome. But I loved how fun it was. I loved all like the bright colors, and I thought that Singapore really was the big winner of of the yeah, movie. Like, it just, yeah, I just was like, I want to go there right now. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was such a fun movie. I feel bad because I haven't seen it. Oh, um, and the You're only not reason down for the culture. The only reason I haven't <laughs> seen it is because I just don't like rom coms. And this I don't is like rom coms either. And I know this movie transcends that genre for sure. And it's, I it's, totally understand. It's that like hard it's for not, me to... It's not your favorite thing, but you got to see it. Yeah, and also, I know. I do love rom-coms, but yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. see it. It's not. It's not that I'm avoiding. Also, it. I think he fit on the low it. loves rom-coms, but he doesn't. I don't doesn't like to see that. His favorite rom-com is True Grit. <laughs> yeah, I love True Grit. True Grit was an amazing movie. I know that's actually true. I can enjoy a rom-com, but I, mean, I, I would say like you're your favorite. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like you're like Mark does not like them. I feel like you like them, but you they're not your what you that's think of. That's fair. No, that's okay. definitely fair. I, I agree with that because I they're actually most of the rom coms I'm seeing. I'm always like that was an enjoyable experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan, hit us with your number four now. All right, my number four is gonna be uh, Annihilation. Nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I have Annihilation at number two. Oh really? I loved Annihilation. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I thought the sound editing that should be, is that on here for sound editing? No, Annihilation. That was another thing I wanted to touch the on. Sound editing was insane. Not only the sound editing, the last half hour of that movie is one of the most visually stunning experiences I've ever seen in a movie. I one hundred percent agree. They should have been down any visuals. It was awesome, yeah. especially the end where it's the like hole the, is in the wall. Yeah, exactly. And I'm it's like, like not focused just on like that. I know. I, right that now. had me so disturbed. Yeah. So but also me, just the wall. When uh, I like, you know, got the lights and stuff like that. It's amazing. And it's just such an interesting take on like, uh, just like this, you enter this place and time like is weird and you don't know who to trust. And there's all these psychological components going yeah. on. And it's yeah. just like, I, I really want to bear that scream. Oh, it's oh, one of the most, one of the most yeah. awful things I've seen in a movie. And I, I really want to actually read the books now. I, um, I actually read the first book and the, it's nothing like the movie. That's what I've heard. But it's great. Isn't yeah. it like really dark though? Like it's way darker or something like that? Or? No, I don't think it's darker. I mean, it's, it's dark, but I think it's, it's similar in tone. I just, I it's heard a, it was yeah. very different plot wise. It's not, it's like a different story entirely. The the guy who did Annihilation, he he knew that. Like he read it once and was just like, "I'm gonna write something based on." Yeah, this. essentially, so, he got yeah. he got inspired by it. Right, to, you know, he's um, a direct interpretation. But and I really liked Annihilation. It made my twenty favorite, eighteen favorite movie list. But it's it's much further down. But I yeah, did I did fair. I did like it. I mean, it's just I think that I was knew it was gonna be. I thought it was thought it might have been even number one for you. I yeah. I considered it for sure. Yeah, that that was one of the first movies that I ever watched where like the sound like was so important to the movie. Like it literally like. 
just the noises that were made mm-hmm. and like the music like it disturbed me to no end. Like, I think Alex Garland is one of the better directors right now and like doing okay. some really really interesting things like not even just the sound like some of the the imagery used like with the the way that the nature is transforming mm-hmm. like the ecology is like these beautiful plumes of like color I and mean, X Men so... was beautiful as well like, yeah and in a, a much lot... different way though. right and mm-hmm. just like I really enjoy what his visions are for movies yeah, yeah. oh it makes me wildly uncomfortable but like in like uh, this <laughs> is like fun those are, that's, yeah. those are why that's yeah. why Hereditary is my number five we those can't go on podcasts without I mean. talking about how it hits us where we like to get hit and so <laughs> that's <not>. important <laughs> speaking of hitting us where we like to get hit up, my number four is A Star is Born and yeah. I won't talk about it too much because we already talked about it a little bit when we were going over best pictures but I I loved it i think the first hour and 15 minutes of that movie is just incredible mm-hmm. and like i've never it's been a long time since i've seen a trailer where i was like i need to fucking see this movie like i love the trailer really and i thought it looked like shit i just i, <laughs> I thought this movie was gonna bomb i thought it was so it had the emotional heft but also just like the beginning where they're, they're like going out on tour which is mm-hmm. so cool and just like some of the most like awesome Scenes like I love the scene where they first sing "Shallow" on the stage. Just oh, like, yeah. it's one of my favorite scenes of the year. It's so intense. I mean, yeah. I I kind of thought it was going to be a lame movie, and I thought like "Shallow" was going to be this dumb song or something. But there's no nobody can actually see that scene and not just be like feel it in yeah. that moment. It's it is it's, it's great. great. It's so great. that's number four of the year for me. Well, number four for me is the favorite. So we already kind of covered that okay. too. I just really love the. The, well, Yorgos Lanthimos, the, the director, is great and really uh, unique. See, I don't like you. I hated The Lobster. Oh, I loved The Lobster. Yeah. It's just like nobody's just, making movies like that. It's a bad movie. Like, oh, no, it's <laughs> yeah. not. I okay, we didn't. can get into that <laughs> another, at another time. All right, here's with your number three then, Mark. Uh, my number three is Black Panther. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a great... We we talked about it a little bit, but I mean, everything... It was my number six, just outside my top five for yeah. me. It's, I mean... It's my I, number three as well, actually. I was trying to decide if it belonged in my top five... In terms of like, I don't think it's like the greatest movie ever made, but in terms of pound for pound, but pound for pound, like a superhero movie, I think it's the perfect formula for a superhero movie. Mm -hmm. I think I love that uh, it's like this entirely different culture that we're witnessing and it's not just like the same boring superhero movie. It had a weight that a superhero movie often yeah, doesn't Yeah, this have. is the first time there was, like, genuine stakes and, like, an actual yeah. compelling villain in this movie. And Killmonger was an amazing villain. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah so. he had a lot of depth and he had layers. And for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's not always a given for villains. Certainly not. Yeah, and um, I love superhero movies. Um, I mean, we all do, I guess. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, one of the only superhero movies that I think deserves more attention because it actually transcends just the superhero form. If there was one that was going to be nominated for Best Picture, it was certainly this one. Yeah. And I wish... It was gonna win because it, it talked. It's it's the blockbuster with the depth, and I just love that. Mm-hmm. And also, just very fun. Oh, like, fun! Like, like like all of the side characters are so fun. This oh, like yeah. um like it, it was just so fun to get to meet uh like Shiri and mm-hmm. all the people. It was just mm-hmm. so good. I just loved it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I genuinely think that if I was a young child growing up. Like now, I think Black Panther would be my favorite superhero. But obviously, mm-hmm. of course, Spider Man has that mantle and will never leave. But I, I think <laughs> he course. is such a cool like hero. And I think also like T'Challa and just Chadwick Boseman in general are so fucking dope. Like they are amazing. Yeah. And I, I just Ryan Coogler just kills it always. Yeah, yeah. kind of surprised he, yeah, he, he wasn't. Is, I don't nominated. think he's ever made a bad movie that I've like. I don't. I've, every movie I've seen that he's directed, I thought has been good. Yeah, I can't um, think of one that I didn't enjoy either. Yeah. So, uh, so my number three. Then it was A Quiet Place. 
Um, oh. I just was speaking of you guys were talking about annihilation and the sound, and obviously that that's like the center of the quiet place. But I just mm-hmm. like for me, it was like a horror movie, which I which is not something I normally like, but also just like had that family drama element to it that was like super endearing and I just loved it. It was very fun. I thought it was very good. I thought John Krasinski had a weak ass yell at the end of the movie. <laughs> but other than that, I thought take. it was excellent. I also should just love John Krasinski in that I, I, I was surprised at how much I liked John Krasinski in this movie. I thought he did a pretty good job. Which I, I think he's fine as like Jim, but I didn't think he could be like the lead in a horror movie. He clearly didn't well, you know he like wrote it. Yeah, no. Oh, he, oh, he, yeah, he, he yeah, did the whole yeah, damn thing. Yeah. Did you hear them making a sequel? Yeah, so yeah. he was initially against it, but he's going to do it now. Yeah. He says he's an interesting concept for it, so I'm excited mm-hmm. for it. But I think I didn't really take, I, I mean, I love Jim from The Office just as much as anyone, but I didn't have, like, think he was, like, super great actor until I saw, uh, which is really, this movie's about to be really weird, 13 Hours, The Benghazi Story, which, mm-hmm. on the face of it, you think that's going to be a horrible movie and very politically charged and all this stuff, but, which is a very good movie, and he was really good in it. And I was like, oh, this is like real some real acting from you right now. Yeah. yeah. And it was a Michael Bay movie, and I was like, oh, this didn't suck, and it was actually good. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Probably won't see that That's movie. That's perfectly but, fair, but uh, uh, that kind of led me to the, oh, he's good. But yeah, I love The Quiet Place. It was yeah, good. I, it was I, one of the best experiences in theater I had of this year. 100%. I think yeah. the whole gimmick with You Can't Make Noise, it, yeah. it is a gimmick, but the way they actually... Yeah, you know, have that in the movie. I think it's perfect. And there it's... was talks at one point that this was going to be a uh, Cloverfield like universe type thing. And I'm so glad I didn't do that because it would have wow. ruined it. I yeah, think, too, yeah. No, it definitely would have. Yeah, the ending was also just amazing. The shotgun oh, yeah. pump <laughs> was so dope. Um, yeah, right. So you already hit your number three, which is Black Panther. Ethan, yep. so what's your number two? My number two is Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, wow. yeah. It's a great pick. I, it was on my number. It was number eight on my. List. I, I love that. Probably that would movie. make the top ten. Of and, and I gotta say, the big thing, and it's it's pretty short for me, but the fact that Tom Cruise does all his own stunts, I think, makes the difference. Like truly, yeah, like when really you cool. see him flying around in that helicopter, everything looks so real. And I didn't realize what real flying in a helicopter looked like because every movie that I've ever seen <laughs> somebody flying a helicopter is like CGI'd or something like that, or yeah. they have a stunt double so they don't actually get to show. But like, I I I, I, I respect Tom Cruise in that regard. <laughs> great, Specific. great caveat. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm super glad that you guys have. And I'm assuming I know which number one is. And yeah. I'm assuming I'm really hyped that you guys have movies that were like really close to making my top five that weren't, mm-hmm. so I can talk about them. But yeah. I love. Uh, Mission Impossible. It was easily the best of the franchise, in my Absolutely, opinion. And the bathroom scene is just like that was oh, yeah. so good. I talked about the shallow scene is one of my favorite scenes of the year, but yeah. the bathroom scene is also one of my favorite scenes of the year. It that was yeah. so good. Absolutely Nobody awesome. is doing like fight choreography like Steve yeah. Steve McQuarrie, Chris McQuarrie, uh, Christopher McQuarrie. Sounds yeah, like I think that's me. right. Yeah. But he, he's I think easily the best like action director right now. Like the, they're just doing it better than anybody Christopher. else. Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm make ten more of these movies. I'll be happy. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Like, just keep it. Inject that into my hands. After all that, <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't believe they did that. True. Yeah, but yeah, really good, really good pick. All right, so my number two is uh, another superhero movie this year, but probably not the one you guys would put up here. But I have Avengers as my number two movie wow. because That's a great one. I don't know if I would think. I don't think it's better, better than Black Panther or another superhero movie that I'm assuming it's going to be talking about soon. Um, maybe not, but no, not like, definitely. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I don't think it's better than either of those two. But for me, I spent what like twelve years invested in the story, and it's a, it was a movie that is was has all these jumbled parts that they have to mi- mis- mis- mismatch together, and I loved it. Thought it was super fun, and 
even going in knowing that I thought a lot of things were going to happen, it still surprised me in the end, which was not something I was expecting. And I loved it. It was great. I really enjoyed it. It's my number two enjoyed movie of the year. That's that's a good pick. I think it's it's one of my favorite movies of the year, but like felt hard for me to put it in like yeah, a top I, five. I struggled. You know? I struggled. It's not my top. It's number it's, two. But I, I struggled putting it in my top five because it not like doesn't carry like I feel weird being like, oh, a superhero movie is my number two movie of the year. But I loved it. So I mean, I'm not if gonna you're try talking one. like if this is the top five movies I enjoyed seeing the most this year, it's definitely there. It's yeah. just one of the most. That's how I kind of took it. Yeah. No, that's a good pick. Yeah. Um, so you're number two. My number two, we already talked about Annihilation. Okay, so, so here's your number, number one. one. So <laughs> my number one is kind of a surprise pick. It's, and I was deciding if I should even include it because it's a documentary, but the movie Minding the Gap. That's also my number one. Is it? High yeah. five. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I've never even heard of it. It's, it's my. You've heard of it because me and Mark both wanted you to watch it, but <laughs> oh, you guys did something to watch. But it, it's true. it's like it's probably my favorite thing I've watched in years. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it's just one of the most compelling, and it's like it's it's a look at basically just a few kids growing up, kind of who in like a skate uh, skate culture in just this like midwestern city. Indiana, Illinois, no Illinois. Yeah. yeah, in a, in a like Illinois, rural Illinois, yeah, Rockford. Is it called Illinois. Mind the Gap or Minding? Minding the Gap. It's on Hulu actually, so it's very easy to see. Um, but yeah, it's just like the most like one of the most poignant looks at just it, it touches on so many different unique themes and somehow on, doesn't feel bloated. But it, yeah, and it also doesn't feel like they're tr- like they're trying to make it. I mean, they're they're making a point, but they're not mm-hmm. like it almost it feels so organic with the way yeah. it happened. And they touch on race. They touch on small town living they touch on middle america mm. they touch on abuse they touch yeah, on gender uh, they gender they, they touch on family dynamics it's just like <clears throat> so beautiful and heartfelt but mm-hmm. also not feeling like you leave it feeling super down either it somehow gets into some very difficult subject matter but leaves you feeling fairly optimistic and, yeah. and it it manages to show you this like empathy for people that yeah. you otherwise would just kind of categorize as one thing or you know it allows you to kind of really know these people. It's just just filming these scenes with like a few different kids and yeah. just having but them talk. Grow. Like that's yeah. the whole movie basically. Yeah. Um, with some like amazing like skate uh, shots as well and just right. but like just hearing these conversations, it's some of the most like candid. Yeah. Uh, talking about personal experiences with grief and with you know a number of different things and it's just like breathtaking to watch. Yeah. Some of my favorite stuff beautiful. is the the times when they're like standing around and some people are making jokes and they're like definitely racially charged and yeah. talk like and just seeing reactions like live mm-hmm. of that is is super interesting and i just think it's amazing that this like 20 year old kid made this movie yeah it's, it's a crazy story about the kid too it's just yeah. like well he made a movie about people that he kind of knew in his hometown yeah but then he became involved in the movie himself yeah and he has his own storyline that's incredibly like yeah. Ethan, you you gotta see his audience. Yeah, yeah no, I actually just wrote it down on my phone, so Good. I remember too. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's so the, yeah, that's that's my number one. Also, why I feel a little bit better about putting Avengers number number two. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I got a super blockbuster and a documentary, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, my mine is just a super blockbuster. <laughs> it's okay. uh, the Spider Verse. It's a great Spider-Man. choice. Yeah. It's a great choice. I, can't believe it didn't make it in either guy's top five. It's in the top ten. It's it's seven. It might be one of my top five of all time. I, yeah. It I was just, hard to, to not put it in the top five. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I love Spider-Man, so I'm, of course, going to be uh, a little bit biased towards it, but also, I just thought, like, the animation was incredible, the soundtrack was incredible, like, the the sound editing of that also, mm-hmm. I thought was just great. I mean, everything, also, like, Miles Super Morales. Super fun. Like, yeah, my thing is, my, my Spider-Man growing up was Peter Parker, and I know very little about Miles Morales, um, and... I didn't really care to know too much about him, and this 
totally changed my opinion altogether. Like I thought they did a really good job of melding all those different stories together. So they're not like, oh, this guy's necessarily replacing the hero that you loved growing up, but he is can ex- coexist with that mm-hmm. hero too. And, mm-hmm. uh, what a concept. Yeah, gosh, what a concept. But like my other thing too, the one thing I, my one complaint about the movie is that the man can turn invisible and shoot electricity. And I'm just like, all right, that's just too much. <laughs> but other than that, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, it was it was really good. It was, like I said, right outside my top five. Mm-hmm. I super much enjoyed it. And I think, honestly, part of the reason I didn't like it quite as much as it is because before I saw it, Ethan told me it was like the best thing he's ever seen in his life. Oh, and it was so, so good. So, while I also really enjoyed it, and like, it's one of my set, like top 10 movies of the year, I felt like Ethan maybe a little... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit high for me so maybe when it was a little bit too high next time. Ex- expectations I went in with very low expectations and I was blown away yeah I, I think really I, I would say uh, like I was talking about like if I had to pick the top five most enjoyed this might be the movie I enjoyed most seeing in theaters like I think leaving that movie I was like this was an incredible movie experience yeah and I think on top of that too it also gets into some interesting like uh, themes and, and uh, mm-hmm. does some unique oh, things yeah. that superhero movies don't usually do and, you know, I don't want to say maybe because it's a cartoon, it had more capabilities to try mm-hmm. different things. But I think that there's maybe something to there that. There certainly was less pressure on it because it was a cartoon yeah. that allowed it to take more changes that really, really worked. I but at like. the same time, I think it also probably discredits it from a lot of people who think like, oh, it's just a cartoon. Right. You know, which and people are is unfortunate. As we know, because yeah. we are big supporters of all types of movies and film and and yeah. uh stories because we we here love uh, some animation stuff we absolutely do yeah. I, I just thought it was so aesthetically pleasing oh it's incredible gorgeous yeah but uh so we wrapped up our list we want to really really quickly hit our quick hit lists uh so these are some lists that we like to go through where we each come up with a quick small top five about anything of our choosing and we surprise the other two people on the air and have to make their list on the fly so i will go first to be quick right. i'm going with my top five favorite chips of all time. Mm. So I'm gonna run down my five quickly while you guys just think off the top of your domes. So my number five is the pita, the plain pita Stacy's chips. I really like those. They dip well in hummus. Uh, (laughs) Then I will go with my number four of regular kettle Cape Cod chips because I love Cape Cod chips, or sorry, I love kettle cooked chips. I think they're better than any other type of chips. Then my number three will be Old Bay chips. My number two will be Carolina Barbecue from Ux because those are so flavorful. And then my number one, back to the Cape Cod uh, Dome, is the Kittle, their Kettle Jalapeno Chips, which are easily the best things I've ever eaten in my entire mm. life. That's such an exaggeration, but they're the best <laughs> chip I've ever had. So that's my top five really quick. And uh, I don't think I've given you guys enough time. So sure I'll haven't. tell you how much the tangy goodness of those Kettle Kit Jalapenos <laughs> taste in my mouth. They're so good. And I think... That you guys, if you have not tried them, they're bigger in the summertime. And I would definitely grab yourself a bag next time they come around. And Ethan is ready to give me his top five. I'm ready. So this is very quick, and I'm sure I'm missing something. And probably going to disagree with this in about an hour. But I like bagel chips. Because you're talking about dipping hummus. What the fuck yeah. is a bagel chip? They're like they're, they're like little, pretzels. Like, yeah. Um, they're oh, like, they're kind of like pretzel they're, chips, but they're bagel. Okay. They're okay. Like, yeah. So those are good for... Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of the flat pretzels. You know what I'm talking about? They're like pretzels, but they're like flat. Like the pretzel chips? They're like pretzel chips. You know what? They I get the, the flavor bag. is everything bagel. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. The pretzel <laughs> chip, everything bagel. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, okay. That's what gotcha, I'm thinking gotcha. of. Yes, Those are sorry. good. I like those. So, uh, <laughs> I also like, uh, I think it's uh, it's either cheddar and sour cream or cheddar and onion ruffles. Um, they're the orange ruffles. I just know that. They're mm. really good. I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, there's those ones. Uh, I like sour cream chips. I also like, uh, wow, that's 
They're okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna actually defend them. Right. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Cra- uh, crab chips, um, the like Uts crab chips they used to be able to buy at the pool, just because oh, those are yeah. great. You know what I mean? Uh, then I like uh, I can't, I don't remember the. It's like on on something, but it's uh, jalapeno chips. I think jalapeno flavored chips are like just aunt, yeah. Auntie Vicks or something. Vicky, yeah, Aunt yeah. Vicky's. Those are good, but yeah. I'm telling you, like the best. I I love jalapeno chips. They're like my favorite chips. Yeah. Brand. You're, you're sleeping if you have had the Cape Cod jalapenos. Try those. Those are better mm. than Vicky's. I might have to give them a shot. Yeah. And then uh, to. my top, <laughs> my number one is, uh, I'm just, I like Doritos. I love Doritos. I could eat an entire bag of those like easy. So, so you went, I like that you went different kinds of chips. Like I, I went different like flavors of potato chips. So that's yeah. initially what I was thinking too. But then when he started off with like the pita yeah. chips or whatever. Uh, I, was like, yeah, I, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. So. And I, I thought about even throwing some like just normal corn chips in there because I feel yeah. like I love those. Mm. Like some some I actually thought about that as I was reading this. I was like Tostitos needs to be on this list. Yeah. It, it, I, I kind of. some Tostitos scoops though. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Can we, all, with no regular can we all agree Tostitos with a hint of lime garbage? Yes. The worst chip. Yes. T- bottom chip. Yeah. Hint of lime chips. Garbage chips. I don't know if I have a, a thought. No, it just, it just like ruins the chip. Okay. It really does. But okay, I'll get into my list. I could talk about that for a while. <laughs> um, so this is a chip that actually I just had for the first time. I didn't know it existed. Uh, buffalo blue cheese. It's like mm. buffalo sauce, but also blue cheese flavor in one chip. It's like an us chip, I think. That's, that's something. It's incredible. That's something I gotta have. Yeah, right it's now. real good. Yeah. Maybe it's a new chip. I don't know, but uh, find it. Number four, I'd say salt and pepper. I think I do. I do love me some salt and pepper. A good flavor. I don't. Th- I wouldn't think I would like a salt and pepper chip, but it somehow works. They're very good. I almost had that on my list. Number three is jalapeno. That's a great chip. I, don't, I think. Do you have a specific brand you like? I don't. I mean, what a. What a what <laughs> I'm a coward. I'm sorry. Yeah. Coward. <laughs> <coughs> Whoa, excuse me. I was out here giving you <laughs> brands. <laughs> I'm not. I have no. I, I don't even have a brand really. So salt and vinegar is my number two, but specifically. Salt and malt vinegar, which is far superior. You are a serial killer. I think vinegar is disgusting. Oh, it's the best. It is the best. I will drink vinegar. Oh, my God. It is so good. My girlfriend also will uh, dip her fries in vinegar, and I hate it's it. The it's, it's the best. It's the best thing in the world. worst thing of all time. The, you know bad. what the best thing in the world is, actually? Getting a cup of fries, pouring uh, vinegar on the fries, then oh getting to the last... The bottom of the thing where the fry has just been sitting in the vinegar oh, the whole okay. time. Right, so that's the end of our podcast. We're done <laughs> now. <laughs> Anytime anyone puts any sort of non-salt condiment additive onto chips, like other than like obviously if you're having cheese chips, that's different. But like if you're putting your actual ketchup on or your actual vinegar on your fries. Your fingers well, just get you, messy. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. It's chips. That's what dipping is for. Hey, you know what exists? Sinks. To wash my it's fucking not hands. Just your hands just the, the fries get soggy by the end. That's so gross. No, those are the best fries. Oh, my God. I prefer a hot fry, but once you've had all the hot fries, the hot texture fries, you get that two, those couple are fries that are savage. soggy. We live in a civilized society, and you're out here just I don't like sputtering okay, all your sauce. If it was just soggy with, like, water, I wouldn't like it. But it's soggy such with the, the sweet nectar. All, the sweet day. all right, continue with your list. Your list. <laughs> <laughs> sweet nectar. Number one, a great chip. You guys can't debate this. Carolina barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, it was my number two. Yeah, yeah. That's a great uh, you turn me on to them. They're great. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. All right, Mark, hit me with your quick hit list. All right, so mine is top five pipe dream vacation destinations. Oh, my gosh. So just like if you could go anywhere in the world, what would your five be? Shit. Um, so I'll start number five. Uh, there's probably something better than this. I already did this kind of, but going back to Europe, like I traveled around Europe by train for a month and it was like the coolest experience of my life. So I would want to go back there at some point and like hit on all the places I missed before, but just traveling anywhere by train, specifically in Europe where like 
there's you can get to any city by train very easily. It's just like the coolest thing in the world. Um, number four, Antarctica. I, want, you I know you want the, the list is places you could travel. Like if you could go anywhere in the okay. world, top five, yep. where would you go? Um, so I uh, like to experience like extremes, and I think it would be really cool to witness the coldest possible environment and like this like tundra that like you'll never experience otherwise. And there are actually like boat trips that are like fairly cheap that you can actually do where you can go I down know. to Antarctica um, and like hang out on a research base. I believe our friend's brother and his wife are currently about to be there. Really? Tell me yeah. more about this off air. Yeah, I will. <laughs> That's very interesting. Shit. Um, yeah, so I, I actually really want to do that and probably will at some point. Uh, number three is Hawaii, just because I think it's got the best of like relaxation, but then there's also like the awesome things to explore, you know, volcanoes and just the natural, uh, uh, all that good good stuff. Uh, number two is Japan. I think that would be a very interesting experience, um, just like complete change of culture and uh would be really dope uh number one i just mentioned this to you guys the other day but uh salar de uyuni in bolivia these like salt flats that basically just look like heaven on earth yeah and looks like the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life i saw it on like a stumble upon like website that Mm -hmm. i was just going through one day and i was like i'm gonna have to go there at some point in my life this is the coolest looking thing i've ever seen that sounds awesome you make it sound great i wish i had better answers uh i'd love to give you very (laughs) generic answers over here but I'm going to run through my list. And my number five is the Great Wall. I just think seeing Ooh, that, that would be, would be cool. amazing. Uh, I don't think I will make it to China at, in my lifetime, but it would be really cool to see it. Um, but number four is Machu Picchu. I think that would be so mm-hmm. cool to go see. Uh, number three, I just want to go to Ireland. I think that would be very fun. Uh, there's some cool stuff there. Uh, number two, I'd love to go to Japan also. I just think in general, uh, it just seems like a really, specifically like Tokyo or anywhere really, but like see... A lot of the really cool, I just think it seems like a cool place to go. And also just their food scene there is so mm-hmm. amazing that I would love to just go eat there. <laughs> and uh, number one, I've been to Australia before, but I did not get to the Great Barrier Reef. And I would love to get mm-hmm. to go there. I specifically would love to snorkel or scuba dive there. I know they're being really limiting about people who can go there now. Because it's, it's like so environmentally dangerous. Yeah. But it's a bucket list. I would love, that's easily the place I'd love to go the most. But I don't know if I'll ever get to be able to, but I would love to. Hey, dream big. That's why I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. You'll get there. <laughs> so mine uh, is going to be Morocco at five. Oh. Um, Reason? I've just heard like amazing things about it. I also read The Alchemist and I thought that like, I don't know if that takes place in Morocco, but it's somewhere in Northern Africa. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like a, I remember it, it's like very similar to Morocco in a lot of ways. I'll come with um, you there. Yeah, you guys are both invited. So. <laughs> uh, Morocco, then number four. This is more of a recent thing, but I'm increasingly interested in going to America, Samoa. Uh, similar probably for your same reasons, Hawaii. It's a mm. beautiful island in the middle of nowhere. Kind of be nice, I think. Um, Singapore, as we talked about earlier. Ah, it's just mm-hmm. That place just looks amazing. It's yeah. been a place I've been very interested in for a very long time just because it's like, also like it's really multicultural and stuff and uh wasn't really on my radar but i would love to yeah. that too. i feel like it, i heard so many reasons that it's becoming like a lot more popular and like it's yeah. one of the best places to go it is it is i well from what i hear as well but like yeah. <laughs> so that uh then japan is number two for me um it's been a place like ever since i was very young i was very interested in. we all had two japan and number two that's crazy yeah, that's well, weird. we should make Seems a trip like guys yeah. Yeah, shit. and then uh number one is uh you know the motherland the home of my ancestry so vietnam um, yeah, great choice. Yeah, just I've never been there, and uh, it's a big part of who I am, so I'd like to go sometime. Me too. Uh, yeah, that's my, nice. That's so we, my list. That's a good list. So my other list 
uh, starting with a new list. And this, this, quick hit list, this yeah. might be a, a repeat list. Um, so forgive us, you loyal listeners who remember our podcast better than we do. But uh, it's uh, Super Smash Bros. characters. So, oh. But the new one, though. So like it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be original. Okay. Um, so Wait, so to, is to play yeah. or that you like, like them in there? Like Look, as a character or as a... Like people, I, mine is the like people I like to play as. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So my number five is Pikachu. Um, you got to love that down B. Um, Pika Pika Thunderbolt. Um, that's a great move. So I like that one. I'm gonna go with Link at number four. Uh, I just think he he's kind of one of those like home run hitters. You know what I mean? Like if you're really mm-hmm. just trying to just you know hit the uh, you know hit the ground swinging, I guess if that's a term, which is definitely <laughs> not. But um, yeah, so I like Link. And then in the new uh, Super Smash Bros, I really like Cloud. Um, a because I'm just a big Final Fantasy fan, but B also because I actually think he's actually really, really, really good. And I've ended up becoming pretty good with him. Uh, and then number two is Mario. Just keep it, you know, pretty standard. Uh, I've always done pretty well with him. He's just he's also just kind of like your all around character. You know what I mean? He's got a little bit of everything. And then number one is easily my best character is Samus. Mm. Um, yeah. Love Samus. <clears throat> All right, I I will hop into my list right now. So for me, I do own the newest Smash, but I, I haven't played it quite as much. So I'm not quite as familiar with the new characters. I never played a lot of the Wii Smash, so I'm most familiar with both the Melee and um, N64 original Smash, which is the best Smash in my opinion. So a lot of my characters are going to stem from that. So my number five is Pikachu. Just like Ethan said, it's super fun. And then my number four is my only non-original character and it's a young link so it's almost essentially <laughs> an original character but i just like the young link attacks better um i like the over a for a young link and so my number three is dk can't go wrong with him he's a big big guy i love those power powerful be over charged up swings and number two like ethan said samus just great yeah, how could he not love to just run away and charge up and 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 blast, and blast, blast him over and then also a lot a lot of are uh, you li- insinuating that I run away? When I, I am insinuating that, that. <laughs> and I just love Samus's up up jump. It's one of the best up jumps in the game because it's a good attack as well. And then the down B, how can not like to rain the bombs down? But number one, clearly with a bullet, got to be yellow. It's Kirby. And how can you not love some Kirby? You can have some flat parties on the side, and you also some just flat parties. It's really it's really good. Kirby's the best. Yeah. Can I just say? So I have Kirby at number four. Kirby's cheating no it's not <laughs> kirby's so good i i i would put kirby at number one but i i i play characters so what he's saying is you don't have best. any skill in the game you've always not. gotten by cheating I guess not, although so. we played earlier tonight and i think i beat mark most of the time i beat you once <laughs> <laughs> do you own the game though? i am i do i'm pretty terrible at smash but i really? do own the game but um yeah i haven't played the new one much to be honest uh either um so most of these are actually all of these are from not this iteration. But well, this iteration is just every iteration, right? Anyway. But number five is Mr. Game and Watch because I think it's just a lot of fun. It's like not. I'm not the only good. person with that person on your list. Well, well yeah, definitely the only person with that person on your list. I mean, I already made it clear that I'm not good at this game, so I just like to you know have some. Well, you're fun. not good at picking characters. That's your first problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Game and Watch is just like it's ridiculous to play as him, and it, 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 I like seeing those like weird 2D animations. Uh, Kirby's number four. I already talked about that. He's just really good. Um, cheating, uh, etc. Uh, number three is Samus. Mm. Uh, can't, for all the aforementioned yeah. reasons. No one can not have. Number or, two is uh, Captain Falcon because I Falcon love that Falcon punch. punch. Give me that Falcon punch Falcon. all day, every day. Also, yeah, the Falcon kick is great too. Underrated. Um, and number one is my guy Mario because I actually realized I think Mario is the character I am the best at, best with. 
And I'm pretty terrible generally, so I like <laughs> to play the character that I have the best chance at winning. And there you go. That's all I can do. So that wraps up our quick hit lists. All the quick hit lists, although they weren't as quick today. <laughs> but so we like to end every podcast with a little quick Terps talk. Uh, so right now we're getting towards the end of the Maryland basketball Terp season. Uh, they're doing very well, which is very surprising and enjoyable. I think we have three games left. We have a shot at being probably top or a six or five seed in the NCAA tournament, which is mm-hmm. super fun. Got a really young but fun team, and I'm super enjoying it. We went to a game earlier this season that we saw the Indiana game, which was very fun together. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I love me some Bruno, and I love me some uh, uh, Jalen Smith. Yeah, this is just such a fun team. Um, yeah. Easily the most fun in a couple of years. This team makes me feel more optimistic, I think, about... I just feel like we have had guys in the past who like can turn it on and like can make great plays, but these... At least Bruno Fernando is consistently great, and like whenever he's on the court, I feel like he's going to make plays. Yeah. And I don't think we've really had a guy like that in a really long time. So. Yeah, and Anthony Cowan has really come a long way. Yeah. And he's really matured a lot on the court. And I, when it comes to the end of the game, I also really trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think the style of play for this team, uh, even though like the Mellow Trimble team will always be like my team mm-hmm. that I really was excited watching because that's when we had season tickets. And you know, I have a very special place in my heart for that. But the style of play currently is like objectively to me more enjoyable to watch than mm-hmm. it was back when you know we were going every single game and yeah, so they're doing a lot less of the dribble handoff pass at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah. more uh pick and rolls and feeding inside yeah. and it's nice to have a good like a dominant big man too it really does yeah. change the game up a lot um and you get a lot of big dunks and you know yeah. that's great it gets you fired up and also big shouts to uh, wiggins who is really coming off the bench and he actually might be starting over marcel now and he is fire he's and turning on like he is like underrated like the fact that we not only have two big men and a point guard that we can enjoy we have a six man off the bench that is like legit good and Marcel is also good at locking down another player's best uh like score so like i think we have like the pieces to actually give people trouble like as a in the actual tournament yeah we can so make some waves i'm excited about it i am too so, before we wrap up shout out to kevin herder Oh, yeah. Yeah. Atlanta Hawk. Yeah. He's killing it. Yeah. And also, uh, I don't know, Jake Lehman's been getting a couple of some run out in oh, Portland. He swatted somebody. Yeah. Yesterday. He had a really good game the other week where he scored 20 points in a quarter. Like, he just like went off yeah, for yeah. like in the third quarter. Like, so some Terp shout outs. Yeah. Big ups. Yeah. Doing big. Yeah. Kevin Herter is having himself on a good rookie year. I'm, yeah. I'm happy that he's joined the beautiful city of Atlanta. So. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, that wraps up our comeback episode of The Knock Talks. We back, and uh, we had fun. We had had fun, fun and we had fun. fun.